You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 166 of the Grey Flat Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. We are back in action with another fresh episode for y'all. Back up in that ass like the resurrection. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, anyway, this is uh, going poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. Great start. How's it going, Taylor? Uh, it's going. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's new? Hmm. Nothing. Cool. Yep. I mean, everything's canceled. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here wearing my uh, Great Pumpkin Beer Festival shirt, knowing that's not going to happen this year. Yeah. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff just not happening. Uh, Cheese's sister was like, you should just have your own on the podcast. And I was like, I just get drunk on pumpkin beer on the podcast? <laughs> By myself? <laughs> I was like, Tony doesn't drink beer, so it's just going to be me <laughs> just getting wasted on pumpkin beers while doing the podcast, <laughs> which I mean, yeah, I'm up for it. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I won't do it. Uh, yeah, not not a lot going on in life. I mean, not much change for the last, what, six, seven months? Yeah. Um, like I said, everything's getting canceled. Like, we're at the point now where Christmas stuff is getting canceled. Yeah. Which is... I mean, I know us being a horror podcast, you know, naturally our kind of gimmick is Halloween. And I, I love Halloween, don't get me wrong, but like my holiday is Christmas. Always loved Christmas. It's my favorite part of the year. Um, I mean, the season. I, prefer, I like summer. Summer is my favorite part of the year. My favorite holiday season is Christmas. Um, but yeah, I was back in like... You know, July, I'm thinking, this shit needs to turn around quick, because if Christmas starts getting canceled, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> and, you know, then Halloween started getting canceled. Um, I mean, Thanksgiving is, is kind of getting passed over the last handful of years. I mean, the only thing that can really get canceled is the parades, I guess. But Which probably. Has, you have to assume, right? Um, at least, you know, at least the live audiences, or I mean, people lining the streets, maybe. Right. Maybe they'll still run the, uh, the the floats. I don't or the uh, balloons and stuff. I don't know, but that'd be awkward. It would. Um, you could have people like hang out windows and stuff, though. I guess. Sure. The buildings nearby. Um, I'm sure. I mean, you know, Macy's is still, you know, the sponsor, and they have been for what, over a hundred years, something like that. Um, so I think that if there's a way to do it they'll they'll find it but um but yeah christmas you know you know some of my favorite things to do is is like 
um, go out on Black Friday. You know, a lot of people hate doing that, but I've always, that's kind of been my like kickoff for, for the Christmas season. It's not even necessarily go out and buy stuff. Just go out, you know, I go out with my family and my wife, um, and you know, we'll get coffee and we'll just kind of wander around the mall for a few hours and then, you know, we'll go get lunch. It's just, you know, a nice fun day. And then usually the next day we'll go out and get Christmas trees. Um, and, uh, you know, as time approaches, that's looking like it's going to be at least severely modified, if not canceled altogether. Right. So, I mean, you know, Christmas itself, it's kind of in the eye of the beholder. You know, Christmas is what you make it. I don't want to sound cheesy, but <laughs> Christmas is what you make it, and, you know, or, you know, holidays in general are what you make them. Home is where the heart is and everything. Yeah, that whole thing. Um, well, we're pumping out t-shirts here. <laughs> so you can't cancel Christmas itself because people will still celebrate Christmas in their own homes. Uh, and, you know, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Do people, have you ever met somebody that actually celebrates Kwanzaa? No. I mean, I'm sure I, I have zero doubt that that is the case, but I've just, I've never personally met anyone, at least knowingly, that celebrates Kwanzaa. Yeah. Um, Plus but, the people I've met that celebrate Hanukkah, most of them also celebrate Christmas. Yeah. See, and that that's the thing about Christmas is like, you know, it started out as this Christian holiday, but it's kind of changed in, you know, in modern era where it's more of a universal thing rather than, you know, strictly Christian celebration. Right. Um, anyway, I don't want to get into the philosophical elements of that, but um, anyway. But war on Christmas. That's what we're talking about here. It's just, it's just a big war on Christmas. Well, it's just like... Now coronavirus is on the side of anti-Christmas. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else can we talk about? Oh, the, the... Well, I'm sure the whole country knows at this point about the wildfires. Yeah. That have basically put a stranglehold on mostly the West Coast and it's kind of casually moved its way across the rest of the country. We luckily had a, a big rainstorm last night that has really helped clear the air around here. But yeah, it's it's been really smoky in our areas. Um, and, you know, it, it feels really bad to be like, oh, it's so smoky. And, you know, the reason it's smoky is because places are on fire. Yeah, people have lost their, their lives slash livelihoods. You know, because of the fire. So, yeah, it definitely does feel selfish saying, oh, I'm so sick of this smoke, but, you know. I'm so sick of this smoke. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> and it happens every year, but this definitely seems like it's been the worst. Yeah, it's almost like something is happening where, like, the air is drier and so the trees are drier. I can't really put a finger on what might be causing that. You know, it's it's almost like the globe, the planet, is warming. It's like there's, like, a change in the in, like, the climate or something. Somebody should, should get some scientists on Somebody that. We should look into that. Um, we, we may have stumbled upon something here. I don't. Did you bother to look into how widespread the rain was? No, I know it rained pretty hard in Portland. My mom was saying her backyard looked like a river. Really? Yeah. See, and that's the thing. We had a, a a big fire that went on for a few days here. Um, I mean, nothing compared to what's going on in Oregon, but um, just here in Sumner mm-hmm. um, that was, I don't know if it actually got to any homes, but it, it burned a lot of play, a lot of area for 
took me like three, four days. Um, and, uh, you know, all that smoke was coming up to where I live, which is, you know, as the crow flies, probably about 15 miles, maybe. Um, no, actually not even that far, about half that probably. So we were getting smoked out probably even earlier than you guys were. Yeah, bro, I'll get smoked out. <laughs> um, but so, sorry to, to divert here, but did you see the Fast Times at Ridgemont High table read? Parts of it, yeah. Did you see Shia LaBeouf just hotboxing in his car? I saw that he was in his car hotboxing. I didn't. I didn't watch any of the actual performance. I saw the like the the intros. Yeah, um, he played Louis Spicoli, so he decided he was just going to get high as fuck. Jeff. Who's, who's Louis Spicoli? I don't know who Louis Spicoli is. <laughs> it's definitely Jeff Spicoli. Oh, Louis Spicoli was a wrestler in WCW. Wow. Okay. <laughs> It's part of my memory I forgot. Uh, you know, when you get a hold, your your memories start crossing over. It's each true. Other. It's true. <laughs> um, it's damn true. But yeah, I mean, luckily all those local fires, at least in our in our local Immediate vicinity, vicinity yeah. are out. Um, I think there are still some going on across the state, though, um, and I. I I don't know, like I said, I don't know how bad or how heavy the rain was down south in Oregon. Your mom lives in more of a rural area. Yeah, she lives in a place with a population smaller than my graduating class. <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, hopefully that, you know, gave them at least a leg up. Um, it, sorry, funny aside. The first time I visited my mom, where she lives now, I passed by this, like, gas and go and i was like is that your grocery store <laughs> and she goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally serious <laughs> oh neat <laughs> i dated this girl who lived in a town that was only considered a town actually i think it was referred to as a village and i think the only thing that gave it that designation was the fact that it had a post office like, I don't know what the actual population was, but it was so rural and um, derelict's not the word. I mean, it's run down. Just very, you know, very small, sp- small population-wise, very spread out pop, you know, community. Yeah. Um, My dad lives in a hamlet. A hamlet. Yeah. That's kind of an East Coast thing. Yeah, I don't think we call anything hamlets out here. <laughs> Um, and I remember in this town, let's see, I think the elementary and junior high were one school and the high schools across the street, <laughs> which probably sounds a little familiar. I was just, I was like, is that what we had? No, th- we had the elementary school and we actually had two elementary schools because we're big time. <laughs> um, but then the, the junior high and the high school were literally right next to each other. That's funny in my town, which, you know, we're a fairly prominent suburb of Seattle. Um, especially at this point, you know, we have more, like more elementary schools than I am even aware of, but it's, it, it kind of comes to a point because you, you've got all these elementary schools and then they all split off into their middle schools. Now they used to be junior highs. Um, and then again, they parse down even further into high schools. So it's like, you kind of got 
everything slowly. Like a pyramid. Moved. Yeah. Um, I guess it would be a reverse funnel system. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is the first day we've had at least n- n- an unnoticeable amount of smoke in the air for, what, a week? Probably, at least, yeah. yeah. I checked the AQI this morning, and it was 23, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, just yesterday, it was, like, almost 200. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, I, I saw this wrestler who is just a fucking idiot. Um, he's, like, red pill, MRA, flat earth, pretty much just everything you could think of. Um, QAnon. Probably. But he posted this map. And it was from like the American Wildlife Reserve or whatever. And it was just a map of all the wildfires. And he was like, strange how all the fires stop right at the Canadian and Mexican borders. And people were like, this is a map from the American Wildlife Reserve. They're, they're only showing you the maps or the fires in America. You fucking potato. United States. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was trying to look up because um, I know you know our neighbors to the north in Vancouver have been getting hit pretty hard with smoke too because it just floated right up the west coast before it started moving inland. I mean, they've got fires up there too. That's true. Um, so I was trying to kind of look up what their air conditions look like, um, but again, you, you go to the actual um, uh, EPA designated website to track air quality. And yeah, it's the same thing. It's like if you look at like a smoke map, it'll show you where it's moving globally. But as far as like narrowing down to like region specifics, it, it it's all U.S. only. I love people that use maps of like the United States, and it's like here's where there's the most of this, and it's always like in the most populous areas. And so people then like try to make these fake correlations. Because mm-hmm. someone who was like, here's a map with the most IHOPs. And here's a map of the most Sasquatch sightings. You notice how much they overlap. Coincidence? <laughs> you know what gets me is like so many of these people down in the southern states and, you know, in the, in the Midwest and some and place where, uh, you know, forests are minimal. Rainforests are unheard of. They talk about the West Coast, how it's constantly burning. It's like, yeah, where do you think fucking 90% of the forestry in the United right. States exists? Dumb fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, on a much more tragic note, we just learned yesterday that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Yeah. Which is tragic on many levels. Yeah. I mean... Not least of all, just the fact that we've lost such a, a trailblazer for not only, um, you know, freedoms for women and, uh, you know, in minorities, and, you know, standing up for protections for those groups, um, but also because of what the future holds. Right. Because we are in this hot spot of activity politically to where you know we, we we know already that Trump is going to immediately put up a um, nominee at least one and we know 
that Mitch McConnell is going to push it through Senate as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, it's dependent on how smart he is. McConnell, I mean. We already know Trump's a fucking idiot. That's the trouble. That's the trouble. Is Trump is an idiot. McConnell is not. McConnell is very smart, very devious and evil. McConnell is like the cartoon character version of a evil politician. Yes. Like all those cliches that cartoons have of, of evil politicians, they're all Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He also looks like the uh, like senator in X-Men, but like when he's half melting. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's easy to take him take him seriously because he sides with or to not take him seriously because he sides with Trump who is a moron. Um, and you know, it's easy to just pass him off as another idiot Republican or, you know, conservative. I shouldn't say that necessarily about all Republicans because some Republicans, like we were just talking earlier, like Chuck Grassley, uh, Mitt Romney, people that still stand for what Republicans used to stand for, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Right. But now we have these Trumpist Republicans like Mitch McConnell, who's not like, I think he knows that Trump's an idiot, but he's using him because he, I I think he's the puppet master. Exactly. Just it's the same way. Like Dick Cheney operated, uh, Bush. Yeah. It's the same thing with McConnell and, um, Trump. Trump thinks that he's, because he's such a narcissist, he thinks he's in control. But really, it's McConnell that is like using him and using that fire to get what he wants. Right. Um, but anyway, so it's it's really a matter of how smart McConnell thinks he is. You know whether or not he's going to wait till after the election to try and push in a you know a, no- a nominee, or if he's going to try and do it right away before the election. Because trying to do that could either hurt or harm. I mean, not not just his compatriots on the right side of the aisle, but also um, his uh, you know himself because he's up for election as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as much as I'd like to believe that he could get voted out, I don't think it'll happen because Kentucky. And all those conservatives down there are much too happy with the fact that their guy holds the most powerful state. Our seat, yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go into another long. No, no, no. no. Yeah, political diatribe here. So let's let's just say vote. Yeah, I mean, voting is important. Yes, but at the same time, voting is not going to help the situation we're in right now because that is very dire. And we really got to hold on to hope that there are some conscionable people on the right side of the aisle. Yeah. Anyway. But, yes. but also vote. Also vote. Because if Trump gets four more years, he will replace probably another, like probably at least one more justice in his time in, in the next four years, I think. And that is so terrifying that I can't even put it into words. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, if, if you're not registered, go to vote.gov and make sure you get registered now. Yes. I mean, and you know, you can vote by vote by mail in most states now. Um, you know, you might have to get an excuse or something, but it's it's relatively easy to do. And vote early. Vote early. Vote as early as you can. 
Yeah, I thought, what was it North Carolina or something? People are already voting early. Is it? I don't know. Somewhere like that. I mean, I know we in Washington have no problem because we are entirely vote by, vote by mail. Mm-hmm. Have and been. We have an internal system that isn't necessarily reliant on the Postal Service. Well, it is. It is and it isn't. Um, I usually go to the ballot box. I don't. I do too. Mainly because I usually fill mine out like the day before the election. <laughs> but anyway. That's what we do for the, the local elections. But like 2016, we were like, nope, get that shit in the mail. Oh, yeah. Are you, sorry. I don't necessarily fill it out. I just actually get it drop it off. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so moving on. Um, let's talk about the film festival real quick. Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking of everything getting canceled, uh, one thing that we know for sure is not going to get canceled but may get changed is, of course, the third annual Grave Plot Film Fest. Probably going to be virtual this time around. Yeah, if if nothing else, just because trying to change midstream, we're we're kind of already gunning for a virtual one, right? And in the limited time that we have between now and show date, to try and change gears suddenly it's just it's not gonna work so i'd say we could probably be about 98 percent positive it's going to be virtual yeah um but i mean you know that that's good and bad like yeah it, it sucks not having a theater not doing it on a big screen not having people there to share the experience with but at the same time we're going to be able to get more people watching it hopefully um but yeah, we're, you know, submissions are open. So if you're a filmmaker and you have a horror short film, 15 minutes or less, head over to graveplatfilmfest.com to find out how to submit. We've got um, a good handful so far that we're going to start going through here in the next couple months. Sort it down to about 20 to 25, I think is what we usually have. Generally, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then we'll, we'll get ready to, uh, you know, put tickets. We still got to figure out how we're doing it. We don't, we've never done a virtual film fest so we're still kind of figuring out the logistics of that but you know we'll sell tickets and uh you know we, we might do a uh, indiegogo too yeah couldn't hurt we don't we don't again we don't know the cost of what it's going to be to do a virtual one if it's going to be more expensive or less expensive or yeah L- luckily i mean we are in a position where we're where we have friends who you know we're not the only show in town there are other horror film festivals just in the seattle area yeah um and luckily we can crypticons this weekend isn't it yes um luckily we have friends uh that do other festivals that we can kind of get tips and tricks from because they are all doing virtual this year and you know we can learn from there shout out steven gord from bone bat what up but we can hopefully learn from their you know their successes and and their failures so we can kind of learn what to avoid, what to uh, lean towards. So hopefully put on the best show we can. Yep. So yeah, keep an eye on graveplotfilmfest.com for all your information on that. Uh, Patreon patrons will be getting free access to the Film Fest. That's right. And just a reminder. Oh, dude, that was a setup. I was just trying to give you a, uh, a segue there. Oh, well, yeah. I was, was kind of get there. Okay, okay. I was just gonna say, just a reminder that you know, patrons, you can you can become a patron for as little as a dollar. It's true. Uh, we do have uh, our very faithful grave diggers over on Patreon, though, that help uh, fund the show and keep us running. We don't have an expensive operation here, but it does cost money for hosting fees and whatnot. Um, and uh, 
and that, and all the money goes back to the show. We don't put anything in our pockets. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, the people that help us out are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, and Bob Voorhees. Thank you so much, guys, for all of your help and your uh, continued support. Um, it really does mean a lot and keeps us uh, showing up every other week. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Like Tony said, as little as $1 gets you exclusive perks, including exclusive content coming soon. Uh, and like I said, you, you can get to the film festival at this point. Uh, if you're a Patreon up until the moment the tickets go on sale, you're probably going to save some money if you're a $1 patron. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. You know what we didn't talk about? One Day Die. I I was just thinking of that while you were talking. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about this on the last episode. I think it was last episode, yeah. Uh, One Day Die uh, is some... Uh, even at this point, we don't fully know what it is. <laughs> We bought tickets at this point, and we don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. It is some kind of viral... Uh, virtual... It, vir- yeah, interactive virtual experience that was created by Darren Lynn Bousman. Um, and, uh, Again, you can get more all the information by listening to our last episode. Yeah, or you can go to onedaydie.com um, and uh, you know, possibly even you know, get involved yourself. Um, but yeah, it's... Have we gotten our box yet? No. Okay. I, I think we probably won't get it until like right before. I swear it said within 48 hours. I don't think so. Maybe it was 48 hours before the event. That probably seems more likely, I think. Likely. Likely. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we don't even know what it is. <laughs> All we know is they're going to send us a box. <laughs> we're not allowed to open. What's in the box? We're, we're, they're going to send us some box that we're not allowed to open until we start the, the 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 event the event um and like you know tickets are 125 dollars or a, a pass i guess they call it a pass is 125 dollars they send you this box and they, they send you like an event link uh it's very similar at least up to this point is when we did that virtual escape room mm-hmm. um I don't know what to expect from there. Yeah, the site does not give you like it's very cryptic. It's very kind of um, uh, it, like scatterbrained. It's really hard to understand what you're reading. Yeah, and it's it's very uh, oriented to the uh, paranormal for sure. Yeah, um, it kind of gives you like a feel. Like my best guess at this point is that it's going to be some kind of like seance. That's what I think too. Yeah. But that is a complete guess off of the minimal information we've been given thus far. Right. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Mainly because it's like, it, like, I don't know what to expect. I can usually prep myself for things like this, but I have no idea what I'm getting into. Yeah. Um, so we'll follow up on the podcast after we do it. Yeah. I mean, we'll tell you what we can. We don't want to blow it for anybody that might, might be uh, doing it themselves. Um, cause and, and the, the dates that I saw available was just one weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but I don't know if they're going to be doing like subsequent weekends sure. or, or what, but I know that tickets are, are limited because there were already days sold out, mm-hmm. uh, when I went, uh, um, that was like the day they went on sale, wasn't yep. it? 
and probably like I think within an hour or two after they went on sale too. So people are moving fast. So you and maybe it's a little already. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think if it's something that interests you, I would definitely go to One Day Die, like the word one O N E Day Die D I E dot com, uh, and kind of check it out for yourself. Um, there's been a lot of email correspondence, um, but even if you kind of come into it late, they actually have a page that's labeled uh, Ian Adai, um, where you can actually see all the email correspondence that have been sent. Um, Not that they really tell you anything. No, but they're just cryptic and, and really kind of interesting to look at. Almost threatening. A little bit. <laughs> but like I said, this is, you know, or, and we said last uh, episode, this is kind of like the, the creation of Darren Lynn Bowsman. Um, he got a lot of um, input from uh, magicians and illusionists. Um, so it's I mean, some interesting stuff going on, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we're doing that uh, August, or sorry, October 15th is the day we're doing that. And that'll be in the middle of Octoberama. So you'll hear about that as, as soon as possible. Right. Um, we, I don't know, maybe we'll record something special just to talk about it. Maybe. We'll see. We do a video or something. We don't do much video content. <clears throat> we don't. We should. We should do more. We're good looking, guys. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> All right. You want to move on with the show? Let's do that. All right. Let's talk about some more business. Thirty minutes in, or just now getting into the content. Remember when we used to like talk for like maybe ten minutes and then jump into things? Yeah, that was before things became so hot. <laughs> and yet, every time we're like, "Yeah, I got nothing new to talk about." <laughs> and, then we, and then we ramble on for forty-five minutes. I don't know. Well, I, I blame myself. Uh, I blame you too. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm very. I, I wasn't politically, I'm not going to get into another thing again, but I was, I was not very politically passionate until uh, Obama's second term, which when I really started kind of like being conscious of the world around me and the political atmosphere and what things, what the consequences of choices made were. And so now in the last, these last four years or three and a half, I guess, um, I've been really fired up and especially in, in like the coronavirus world, it's been even worse. So I apologize for my rants, but I feel like it's, I don't want to preach to people, but I feel like it's important to get perspective from, from people, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah. Anyway, enough so, of that real world horror. Let's <laughs> talk about this real world horror. Uh, so uh, starting out in some real world horror, take a trip over to Gloucester which is in uh, the jolly old England, <laughs> London town. <laughs> London town. <laughs> um, specifically in the New Inn Hotel on Northgate Street. You know the place. Yeah. You've been there. In London. <laughs> in Gloucester, London. <laughs> Man, that's a, how old's that joke? I don't know. For people who don't get it, we're dumb Americans who think <laughs> all of England is London. <laughs> Every town in L- England is actually a suburb of London. Which may be not too far from the truth. <laughs> I don't really know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, people are saying that the spirit 
of a chef is residing in the kitchen at the New Inn Hotel. I'm sure. Sure. Seems like a logical <laughs> place for the ghost of a chef to be. Uh, they're calling him uh, the Gordon Ram. Well, maybe they're not calling him, but it's kind of like the Gordon Ramsay of the afterlife. Uh, uh, the Gloucester Paranormal Investigation Service. Or GPIS. <laughs> Uh, they're saying the spirit of the chef gets particularly grumpy if there are dirty dishes left on the sides of the kitchen. He's all like, this is fucking rotten. Are you sure it's not my wife? (laughs) (laughs) This is fucking rotten. He's a hair guy. Is he he a hair guy? (laughs) Um... Are you sure it's not my wife? Sorry, that just caught up to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, G-Piss is a lead investigator. What's the lead investigator? Yeah. Uh, all right, pa- I'm here to investigate all the lead. There are guys that do that. It's like, we told you, Paul, there's the lead has nothing to do with ghosts. Why don't you let me be the judge of that? <laughs> uh, Paul Calmeadow, which is one of the most British names I've ever heard, <laughs> from Gloucester, says, uh, oh, weird, he's the head of the Gloucester Paranormal Investigation Services, and he's also from Gloucester. <laughs> oh, fancy that. Um, uh, he says, there have been accounts of, with lots of activity in the kitchen at the new inn. Thank you, Paul. Uh, he says, we believe the chef is rather particular about his kitchen and does not like it left untidy, which I don't think is that weird for a chef. Not really, no. Maybe for a ghost, sure. But, yeah. But a chef, no. <laughs> uh, he says he smashes plates and gets quite grumpy, almost like Gordon Ramsay does. He does do that. I've does, seen it. Does he put bread on people's face and call them an idiot sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> or call them a fucking Muppet or a stupid donkey? I just want to see like two pieces of bread just like floating and then just <laughs> what's happening. Um, on the footage, we have managed to capture a stick man on the SLS, which is a structured light sensor uh, by the washing up. I assume that means like the, the, the sink, the hand or... wash sink. Uh, yeah. Basically what, what an SLS does is it kind of uh, captures figures and then it like kind of maps them out almost like um like a uh constellation. Yeah. And you know, it's like relative to ghost hunting, which I find silly. <laughs> it's it's a relatively uh serious device. You know, it's it's an important piece of um of of equipment that they use. But the results it produces looks just silly. It, it literally looks like a stick man. Yeah. And it's just like kind of like dancing around, <laughs> like doing the robot. <laughs> um, the groovy robot? <laughs> um, and he says he, he is by a pile of dishes, and it looks like the figure is putting the plates away. Well, at least he's a very tidy guest. All I can or think of is chef. like the old like Donald Duck cartoons where the dishes are just like dirty, 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 dirty. <laughs> yep because in those old cartoons whenever there's a poltergeist there's always just dishes floating across the room right or books it's always books yep 
So, uh, so ghosts, weird, weird, wild stuff. What have I ever asked you what your position on ghosts is? I don't have an official position. <laughs> oh, you're one of those guys, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wishy washy. <laughs> I mean, waffle. <laughs> I am ghost agnostic. Like, I'm willing to be proven right or wrong. I, mean, I, I guess I can't be because I don't have an opinion. <laughs> you know, I'm easily swayed. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I guess when you really break it down, I'm kind of that way too. Except that I lean more towards it being completely ridiculous. Right. But I tend to believe what my eyes show me. Yeah. So if I saw a ghost, I'd be like, holy shit, ghosts There's are a ghost. <laughs> but until that happens, I'd be like, ghosts are bullshit. So that's, that's, that's how I am with God. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, also, G-Piss, like, Gloucester, how do you pronounce it? Gloucester. Gloucester Paranormal Investigation Services, like, Gloucester Ghost Society is right there. Like, get the alliteration going. Sure, yeah. The Gloucester Ghost Guild. Guild. There you go. Triple G. Th- three 3G. They're going to be listening to this be like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? We need to file a new DBA. <laughs> cool. Well, if you want to see maybe uh, a ghost chef, a Gordon, a, a go- ghost and Ramsey. <laughs> That's, That's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. <laughs> uh, you can uh, check out the new in hotel, which may be just doing this to get uh, reservations. Mm, right around spooky season. Yeah, Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> If you have ghosts, you have everything. If you have ghosts, you have everything. All right, speaking of ghost hunting, the Travel Channel is going to be celebrating Halloween with their special Ghostober block. Ghostober. Get it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're going to have paranormal programming all throughout October, but Ghostober culminates with the Seven Nights of Fright. Ready for this? Buckle up. Okay. Uh, starting October 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, they're going to have, this doesn't make sense, the top 20 of the world's spookiest unexplained videos with paranormal caught on camera top 100. Is it top 100 or is it top 20? Top 20 of the world's biggest unexplained videos kickstarts week on Sunday. Maybe that's after? Maybe it's two separate shows? Or is it five separate shows? 20 20 each. I don't know. All right. Uh, The next night, October 26th, again at 9 p.m., we're going to have Amityville Horror House, which is a documentary covering the the infamous Amityville house that the Amityville horror movies and books are based on, even though uh, the uh, parties involved have already said it was all fake. <laughs> yeah. Anything that the Warrens were involved in, you can almost guarantee that it was bullshit. Yeah. Because they are frauds. Absolutely. And yet James Wan is still making money off of them. That's... 
I mean, if that isn't indicative of our country, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. The people can be told to their face from the people that were there that something was fake and be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because I saw a video. <laughs> it's like, well, why'd they make all those movies? <laughs> Same reason people do anything in America. For money. <laughs> Uh, the next night, we're going to have The Exorcism of Roland Doe. I don't know who that is. Roland Doe. Sounds like a rapper. Yep. <laughs> the next night, uh, we'll have Shock Docs documentaries about horror, uh, including This is Halloween, which is a tell-all holiday special. Sure. That's on Wednesday. And then get this. Thursday night, Ghost Adventures, colon, Horror at Joe Exotic Zoo. Oh, bother. Douchebaggins and the crew going to gather up their Jankos, head over to uh, to the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park, and uh, he's probably going to get scratched by a ghost tiger. He's going to have a hard time breathing. <laughs> his, the, his, the other guy. His the, buddy's going to have a hard time breathing. He's like, I can't breathe right feel, now. feels like there's a tiger on my chest. <laughs> I feel the ghost of that. that the arm of that lady that got her arm bitten off. <laughs> just a ghost arm. <laughs> and then, and then Zach back and he's just going to be like, something scratched my back. <laughs> it's a ghost tiger. <laughs> Did you just hear something? Yeah, yeah, Zach, it was probably a tiger. I heard, I heard lots of things. <laughs> I heard crickets. Yeah, we're fucking outside idiot. <laughs> uh, the next, you know, sorry. I, on the way up here, I was listening to our, our playlist. Which, if we have not talked about this before, Taylor and I have like a, f- how long is it? I haven't even, it's like over 300 songs long. It's uh, it's 380 songs. Okay, so almost 400 <laughs> songs. I think it's like 13 hours long. But we just, this massive playlist that we've cultivated over seven years. Um, and it's just about the best damn playlist. It makes zero sense. Follows zero... Uh, conventions. Uh, this just says six plus hours. That's that's not helpful. But I, I believe it's like something like thirteen hours. Um, and yeah, it's just awesome. But anyway, on that playlist is Ponytails Cocktails from <laughs> Club Dread. I was listening to that, and it's funny. They're on an island in this in in the Caribbean, and they uh, you know they they finish singing the song, and that girl goes. Sing Margaritaville and crickets on an island <laughs> on the beach. It's like I never noticed that before. Yeah, I never it was picked up so on that. Ridiculous. Anyway, anyway, on uh, oh, right after horror at Joe Exotic Zoo, horror. Um, we have the Holzer Files reopening famed ghost hunter Hans Holzer's original case files. That's at eleven on uh, October 29th. Next night we get portals to hell. At 8 p.m., paranormal investigators Jack Osborne. Oh, dear. Apparently, Jack Osborne is a paranormal investigator these days. If you can't find anything else to do. <laughs> um, and Katrina Weedman head to P- Pocatanic, Connecticut to investigate Captain Grant's Inn. I don't know what the story is about Captain Grant's Inn, but if you want to know. Never met him. Tune in October 30th at 8 p.m. to Travel Channel. Uh, Jack Al- Osborne is back. <laughs> and this time he's bringing the whole crew. Jack's back. Ozzy, uh-huh. Sharon, and Kelly, the whole Osborne family, to 
taking their first ever paranormal investigation in the Osbournes, colon, Night of Terror at 9 p.m. on October 30th. Have you seen Kelly Osborne lately? I have. She looks great. I saw her. Well, I, the last time I saw her was uh, on Masked Singer. Okay, so I, th- I mean, she has lost. She like, looked good then. Yeah, she looked good then. I think she has lost even more weight now. Um, and she, like, I looked at her her Instagram. I don't know a couple weeks ago. She looks amazing. Like, Have you seen Rebel Wilson lately? Yeah. What a transformation! Yeah. There. Like, I sound like a fucking like lifetime show right now. But <laughs> anyway, no, I'm just I'm not like like drooling over them. I don't mean to sound like that. I'm saying they like well done you because they both look really great. Yeah. Uh, then Halloween night, 8 p.m. kicks off Ghost Nation colon reunion in hell. This is uh, the ghost hunting teams between behind Ghost Nation and Kindred Spirits reunite for the first time in nearly a decade to explore frightening activity inside an illustrious Newport, Rhode Island mansion. Yep. Yep. This is followed up by Destination Fear, uh, where the, the Destination Fear team will spend a terrifying night inside the abandoned Old Crow Distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky. Old Crow. Does anybody even drink that anymore? Or oh, it's abandoned, so I guess not. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, what I'm worried, I'm not worried, but what I'm curious about is what differentiates this from any other given day on Travel <laughs> Channel. Because I'm pretty sure, like, aside from, like, showing uh, some guy eating disgusting fried fair food, like, I'm pretty sure ghost hunting st- shows is, like, all they ever play. Or, like, you know, oh, you know, my most haunted experience and shit like that. Yeah, you can watch Zach Baggins get scratched on any given Wednesday. Yeah, it's like, join us at noon to watch fucking these yokels talk about when they were supposedly haunted. Followed yeah. by Guy Fieri, welcome to Flavortown. <laughs> yeah. Followed by, you know, this fucking dude just eating fried Twinkies <laughs> at some rando fair. And then at two, join us for Zach Baggins having a hard time breathing, getting scratched on his back. Followed up by Guy Fieri investigating the famed <laughs> haunted hotel. Followed by Zach Baggins eating fried Twinkies at a fair. <laughs> just, <laughs> just crossover episodes. <laughs> Hosted by Mark Summers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I don't like I don't know what the travel channel used to be, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't this. I don't know. All I know is the travel channel is leaving money on the table by not giving a show to Marshawn Lynch. I don't follow. Did you ever see his episode of Bear Grylls? No. Oh man, it's the best television I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. I am and Bear Grylls just like go out in the woods and to hang Survive. out yeah <laughs> at one point like uh bear girls like wakes up in the middle of the night and something's like coming into his tent he's like what the what the fuck is that and he turns on the light and it's marshawn lynch going through his bag <laughs> so it wasn't serious he's like what are you doing Lynch's like i'm looking for the skittles <laughs> no it was totally serious he like woke up in the middle of the night and he wanted some skittles <laughs> and he knew that bear girls had skittles Fuck. Oh, it's great. No, someone just needs to let him just give Marshawn a live mic and let him travel around different cultures because <laughs> that would be the, the greatest thing on TV. Here, 
Yeah, now that we've done a fucking commercial for the Travel Channel. <laughs> yeah, fucking free advertising for the shit that they play every single weekend. <laughs> Is it really advertising if you're shitting all over it, though? I mean, it's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. I guess, yeah. You're, you're putting the information out there. <laughs> no press is bad press, as they say. I mean, Real Big Fish sells shirts that say, I hate Real Big Fish, so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, uh, Megan Fox is back at it. Has she has she been acting lately? I have no idea. I, I don't, don't follow her career very closely. I feel like I remember her like going off and having kids. She's still married to Brian Austin Green. I think so. Um, but I don't know if she actually. I just watched something with oh, it was New Girl. Uh, so I, I can't guess that's, wait to tell you about my new girl. Yeah, you know, like the song. Yeah, Suicide Machines. Good shit. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, she's back doing the horror thing, which I think is probably the first time since uh, um, Jennifer's Body, if you can even call that horror. <clears throat> Have you... You know, I feel like when that first came out, that movie was just shit on, like, universally. Everybody thought it was garbage. Oh, totally. And now, suddenly, these people are coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, no, it was actually pretty good. Like, did you... Like, watch it again and see a different movie or something? <laughs> I don't know if it was just, like, the climate changed and or what, but, yeah, people suddenly... I don't know if it was the same people, but suddenly it's, yeah, developed this cult following and people started ranting and raving about it. Yeah, I mean, I, We watched it again on the show and we were like, this is still not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Dog shit. Which, like, I remember that worrying me when... I found out that, um, wait, maybe, sorry, I'm mixing up stories. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else. All right. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but she just uh, wrapped up production with uh, the horror film Till Death. Now, this, this is notable because, as Tony said, just finished production. Yeah. Most movies are not being made right now. Most, yeah. I mean, like, unless it's like a major studio film. Uh, they've pretty much just stopped production. Um, I know a lot of TV shows have just started production again with very strict guidelines in place. Um, Supernatural. Have I mentioned that to you at all? That whole situation? I don't think so. So they last season, you know, in spring, they were on their final season. They had seven episodes left to air. And in the season before they ended the series, then coronavirus hit and everything started shutting down and they still had two episodes left. Oh no. And they didn't start filming them again until last month. And they just wrapped up like a week ago. Wow. Um, Because they, you know, the entire crew, they filmed in Vancouver. So they had to go up there. They had to quarantine for two weeks. And the, the entire crew went up there first, quarantined for two weeks, and then, like, all the stars, you know, Jensen Ackles and Jerry Padalecki, then they went up there, had to and quarantine had for two quarantine. weeks. Yeah. Um, and then they had to film the show. Um, anyway, so, uh, but yeah, it, uh, they filmed this during the pandemic, which is kind of not unheard of, but it's very strange. Uh, it's uh, apparently a very, or, sorry, it's a high, I won't say very, I haven't seen it yet, let's... <laughs> Let's dial it in. It's a high-concept horror thriller from director S.K. Dale. I'm not familiar. Me neither. 
let's see. Um, Till Death uh, tells the story of Emma, played by Megan Fox, who is left handcuffed to her dead husband as part of a sickening revenge plot and must survive two hired killers on the way to finish the job. Okay. It sounds uh, a little bit like Gerald's game. Just a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Apparently also has Evangeline Lilly, Jason Sudeikis. Hmm. Wait, is this the right movie? Because I don't see Megan Fox on here. I don't know. Is it directed by the right person? Um, where's the director? It's usually above the cast. Oh, no. It's funny because I click, I got here by clicking a link in a story about Megan Fox in this movie, and yet it's the wrong movie. Well, what the fuck? Scott Dale. Um, this is his first feature. He's done a couple shorts. Got it. All right. Well, um, let's see. Uh, Screen Daily saying that they completed the production on the COVID safe set new, new Boyana facility in Bulgaria. So that's how they got around it. Yeah. I mean, you know, coronavirus, I mean, Anybody that's not aware has been living under a fucking rock. Coronavirus has hit literally the entire world. Yeah. I don't think there's a single re- single country in the world that hasn't reported at least one case. Right. Uh, but, you know, Bulgaria being a fairly small country, you've got to imagine it's probably not as big of a issue there. Well, and most countries handled it much better than we did. Well, sure. Um, you know, it's like where we're like one of the most populous countries in the world... We should have handled it the best. Right. Uh, but I mean, their governments were like, hey, wear a mask. And they went, oh, okay, yeah, we'll wear a mask so we don't infect the entire country. And our government went, I mean, if you want to wear a mask, yes, you can. And people went, I'm not wearing a fucking mask. Have you noticed with Trump, he's uh, using he's using both Make America Great Again and Keep America Great. Yeah. So is it great or not? Yeah, I guess it's it depends on who you ask. And he's going to market to both of them. Yeah, well, sell twice the hats. <sighs> Fucking idiot. <clears throat> anyway, um, principal photography took over or took place over the summer, uh, which was the first production in Bulgaria since the lockdown. A lot of American films film in Bulgaria, or like American financed films. I mean, just because it's super cheap. cheap. Yeah, and they'll. I mean, the, the people, it's f- cheap to film, you get cheap labor, and, you know, mo- the, they're very open, you know, they, they take you with open arms, and, like, you can, like, build whatever you want there, you know, you build fucking sets that look like office space in America, <laughs> you know, just, I'm thinking of, um, uh, but the fucking Joe Lynch movie. Mayhem. Thank you. Um, which I'm pretty sure was filmed in Bulgaria. Um, yeah, one of those countries over there. One of them. One of them countries. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Jason Carvey wrote the Bloodlust 
screenplay and uh, David Leslie and Johnson McColdrick. No, it's one person. Sorry. Oh, Dave, David Leslie Johnson. That's too many names. <laughs> uh, who? Yeah, I feel like if you're going to hyphenate your last name, you don't get to also go by your middle name. Right. Uh, Aquaman. He, he was involved with Aquaman, Conjuring 2, and all the sequels. Uh, wait, what is Blood List? It's like the blacklist of horror. Oh, right. Okay. I guess I was interpreting that out of context. Yeah, hey. he, he wrote Aquaman and Orphan and Conjuring 2. Oh, he wrote them? Yep. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I guess we don't have necessarily a release date. Hey, we talked about this guy a bunch, but I feel like you didn't... I don't remember the McGoldrick before. I think he was just David Leslie Johnson before. Did he get married and take his wife's name? Or his husband? Or his husband, I don't know. Um, I, I have a teacher, or had a teacher in high school, who did that. Actually, two teachers. I don't remember him ever going by McGoldrick before. But yeah, he, he... Oh, no, a lot of these say, as David Johnson. Um, but he wrote a new Nightmare on Elm Street that hasn't been made yet. Wrote The Conjuring 2. Um, wrote a bunch of episodes of, of Walking Dead. Is writing a Dungeons and Dragons movie, apparently. <laughs> okay. Can it be better than the Marlon Wayans one? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it was so good, they didn't even bother making a sequel. <laughs> How do you follow that? <clears throat> anyway. So, uh, yeah, Megan Fox. America's sweetheart. Getting work. <laughs> Getting work. Good for her. <laughs> So some of our younger audience may not remember back in way back in the early days of Facebook, 2011, <laughs> uh, there was a video that took the, the social network by storm called Take This Lollipop. I'm pretty sure I found out about this like two years after. Really? <laughs> uh, it starred Bill Oberst, and it uh, it used what's called Facebook Connect, and it would take your your photos and stuff off your profile and put them into this movie, and so it made like Bill, made it look like Bill Oberst was stalking you and was going to hunt you down. Yeah, it was it was weird. I mean, like you knew you knew the setup. It was new technology at the time. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a little off putting, especially since Bill Oberst is such a creepy looking guy. He is. Uh, well, the reason we're talking about something from 2011 is that apparently a sequel is coming this October. It's directed by Jason Zeta, who directed The Forest, which was not a very good movie. No, um, <laughs> that was a bad, bad movie. But the the original Take This Hollypop actually won an Emmy, which I didn't know. That was possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, in October 20... Oh, Zeta says, in October 2020, we will launch a sequel to one of the most viral pieces of entertainment of all time, Take This Lollipop. During the last six months, technology has been the catalyst that has transformed the way we work, socialize, and communicate. Just like the original Take This Lollipop did in 2011, 
We're going to combine entertainment with seamless technology to frighten a global audience. I'm, uh, I'm thinking deep fakes. I don't like that. I, I hate deep fakes. Not because I don't find them entertaining. It's They're dangerous. They are insanely dangerous. Like, because they're already really good, and they're just going to get better. Right. I'm I'm fully expecting some, like, once the election hits full swing, when the uh, camp, uh, the debates and stuff start, I'm fully expecting some, you know, putting Biden's face on something and making him look bad. Yep. <sighs> um, you know, be really fucked up if they just put Biden's face on Trump's speeches. <laughs> it's like, look, it was it wasn't Donald Trump that made fun of that handicap reporter. It was Joe Biden the whole time. Right. And people will be like, I knew it. Yeah, I mean, they're already trying to blame him for things that Trump did or didn't do. I want to know why Joe Biden didn't do a global ma- or a national mask mandate. Right. Why didn't he, Tony? I don't, I, I don't know. Why didn't he? Why didn't we? <laughs> for that matter. Oh, right. Because we have the same amount of power. Right. Which is none. No, none power. <laughs> Uh yeah so yeah that that's what I'm thinking this is going to be is I'm thinking it's going to be they take your face off your Facebook photos and they put them on an actual video instead of just a, a, a screen cap could be I mean it's talking about uh, how the last six months you know it's technology technology over the last six months makes me think that like something like like a like a Zoom meeting or something of the like is mm. going to be involved could be could be. Um. But yeah, that's interesting. I mean, especially now using that technology, you know, almost a decade ago, and you know what we have available now. It'd be interesting to see what those same creative minds come up with. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be like a direct sequel or to in the same vein. Yes, a spiritual sequel, right? Um. Um, it's it's nice that some things some things are happening in October to give right, you a, yeah. little, a little bit give, you know? give you some kind of feeling of Halloween. Yeah. Um, circling back to the beginning where I talked about how younger viewers may not even remember this, um, I saw a thing where somebody was like, Facebook should have a thing where you can put your favorite song, and so when people come to your profile, it plays a song. And somebody was like, "We've reached the generation that doesn't remember MySpace." Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Also, there's a TikTok challenge where you have to try and write your name without lifting your pen. And people are like, Zoomers have discovered cursive, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) It, like, when, when was the last time you can remember being taught cursive? God. Uh, Elementary school. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like third grade was the last time that like cursive was taught. And I feel like it was not necessarily enforced, but encouraged like probably the next year or two after that. And it's, like I said, not taught, but encouraged to use, be yeah. used. Um, but even by the time I, I got to high school, you know, which was 20 years ago. <sighs> My first year, my freshman year, or my, sorry, so I went to a junior high, so my freshman year was actually in junior high, but my sophomore year, that was 
2001. So it's almost 20 years ago. I started high school. I graduated in 2001. Did you really? Yep. Wow. No, you know what? Sorry, I started my, since it was September, it was September 99 is when I started. No. Sorry, my dates are fucked up. September <laughs> 2000 is when I started high school. I graduated in 03. That makes sense, yeah. Man. <laughs> I yeah. feel fucking old. So next year is my 20-year reunion. Fun. Not going. Are they even going to do anything? I don't know. Because, see that, I'm getting off subject here. Uh, you know, when my tenure came around, I was actually kind of surprised that they actually did anything. Because, you know, when we graduated, you know, MySpace was around, but it wasn't. I feel like you can just have your own reunion whenever you want now. Like yeah. It's, it's like the people, and I think people have been saying this for generations at this point, but the people that, people from high school that I want to talk to, I still do. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, this, this uh, experience, as they're calling it, will be going live mid-October, so keep an eye out on your Facebook for that. Cause it's pretty fast Bears Pizza For kids it's number one Pretty fast Bears Pizza Where fantasy meets fun Fun not actually guaranteed Well, let's meet the band My name is Freddy I'm the singer in the band Got a hat and a big So 2020 is the year of Even though it's been a complete shit show It's the year of next gen gaming um, you know, I gotta say, I'm getting a little nervous of people just being like, oh, well, that's 2020. It's, and it just makes you think they're going to be like, you know, November, January 1st, everything's going to be better. It's fucking not guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's not like the season is suddenly going to change and everything's gonna be better. No, because these are inherent. Like, like we have to change things. <laughs> you can't just flip the calendar and expect uh, change. I mean, in in the context, if, if like yeah, if Biden wins the election, you know, on January twenty fourth, is that inauguration day? I want to say twenty first. Well, inauguration. We're probably day. both wrong. <laughs> probably, we're not very smart. <laughs> um, yeah, that day things will start to change. Twentieth. Twentieth. Oh. We're both wrong. We're, we're close. It's true. We, we've got twenty in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I guess it's probably not the same day every year. I think it's probably the same day a week. Yeah, probably like the last Wednesday or whatever the fuck. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like, it's like, yeah, if we get a new president, then things will start to change. Hopefully. Yeah. But it doesn't mean things are just going to like flip a switch. It's like, hey, happy new year. Coronavirus, Coronavirus is gone. gone. <laughs> Climate change is over. <laughs> Racism is gone. Trump isn't still our president. Because people think, you know, that, that was something I had in my head as a child. It's like, even when I was like really not developed my own political feelings, it's like I knew that Bush Sr. was a shitty president, <laughs> even at that age. And so when Clinton won, I was pretty hyped. But like in my head, it's like, oh, Clinton won. That means he's president tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. That's not how it works. Yeah, that's what I'm most worried about is that time between November and January. Yeah, because Trump is such a fucking maniac. The, like, there's no telling what he's going to do. Not to mention his supporters. It's wild card, bitches. 
Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I diverted quite a bit there. But something you can get excited about if you're any, even if you're a casual gamer, I think, is next-gen gaming systems. Uh, Xbox shit. Series X. Yeah. Series S and Series X. There's two different versions. Right. And PS5, both coming out. Google's coming out with their own thing, or an updated one or something. Stadia? Yeah. It's been out. But aren't they coming out with a new one? I don't think so. Maybe I'm mixing it up with some other news or something. <clears throat> yeah, there's two different PlayStation 5s as well. There's one uh, that's strictly strictly a digital version that has no disk drive in it, and then the, the standard disk play one. I don't understand why Microsoft decided to get fucking clever with their naming. Like, why couldn't they just be Xbox 2, Xbox 3, Xbox 4? No, they decided to go Xbox, then Xbox 360, then Xbox One. I think it's probably because they didn't want to copy PlayStation's naming convention. Oh, so you decided to be fucking stupid instead? Well, you know. (laughs) Sometimes when people try to get too clever, they get too stupid. You you can be too clever by a half, as they say. (laughs) Um... But anyway, along with these new gaming systems are new games. Hey, fancy that. Well, I mean, like these next-gen games that look fucking amazing. Ones I'm particularly excited about, new Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, which looks so cool. And the new Spider-Man, the Miles Morales one. Uh, that I saw some gameplay for that uh, yesterday, or the day before. Uh, it looks so cool. And um, what's the other one that I was really hype on? Uh, oh, Gotham Knights, which they debuted at uh, DC Fandom, which was <laughs> like I, I don't get you a little hard. <laughs> I got a little chub. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't get like really excited about a, a lot of games. Like usually, I get pretty hype on Assassin's Creed, but not many others. It's true. He's got an Assassin's Creed belt buckle. I can see it. It's true. I usually have a ring. I stopped wearing like. A lot of unnecessary stuff because I just, you know, I'm washing my hands so often lately. Yeah. Um, anyway, one game that is coming out uh, looks like exclusively exclusively for the PS5 is uh, Five Nights at Freddy's: Colon Security Breach. There's an, another horror game coming out too, but there wasn't really enough information to talk about it. But there's uh, Resident Evil Village too. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, there's there's not really much to go on, but what I've seen of it looks pretty cool. It's a very cryptic trailer, but yeah, um, I imagine they'll probably reveal more more of that as as time goes on. I know a lot of these like the next gen systems are coming out, you know, next month. I think like PS Five comes out next month. Did you pre order? No, you didn't pre. Didn't pre. <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta convince Kristen to let me buy it because <laughs> I don't. I, you know, we got our PlayStation. I, I got my PlayStation Three for Christmas from my parents years ago, um, and that was like two years after it had already been out. Then we, I got my PlayStation Four from my parents again, but it was like a a, a gift for my wife and I. I can't even think of what the PS Three looks like right now. Uh, I can picture the PS Two and the PS Four, but I can't picture the PS Three. They they redesigned it at a point but i've got the one that's i mean it's a big black box like a lot of i mean like most places aren't oh okay yeah 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 see i have that 
Three this? over, yeah. That's the one I have. It's just like the original version of it. The glossy one? Yeah. Now it's this matte? Yeah. And I stand it on end, so it takes up less space on the cabinet. Anyway. I had a PS2. That was as far as I got. Yeah, I had a PS2, and I kept it for a long time, but then I got the PS3. Um, now I'm still rocking the Xbox 360, which I only have to play Left 4 Dead on. <laughs> <laughs> which they announced... Did you see they announced all the details about the, the expansion? Yeah, it's coming on PC. PC only. Fucking shit. Got that fucking hunk of junk over there. <laughs> what good is that? <laughs> Although I did just get a Sega Genesis uh, throwback or whatever the fuck they call it. It's pretty dope. It's like an emulator, basically. Yeah. It's got 42 games on it. It's nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, anyway. so Five, five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, um, which by name, what I know of Five Nights at Freddy's, sounds like it's basically just another five, like basically Five Nights at Freddy's again. But out, maybe outside of Freddy Fazbear's? Sure. Because, I mean, I hear Security Breach, I think maybe they escaped. Uh, yeah, maybe. Let's, let's read and find <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I copied and pasted this, and I, don't fucking, I didn't even read it. I don't even know what it says. <laughs> it's because neither of us have ever played Five Nights at Freddy's. I played a a, a, a a demo. Demo, thank you. I and I hated it. I thought it was the stupidest shit. <laughs> I've said this on the show before, but the the whole game to me was like, turn on your flashlight. Anybody there? No. Okay. Go to the next room. Turn on your flashlight. Anybody there? No. Go to the next room. Turn on your flashlight. Anybody there? Oh, you got you're dead. <laughs> you, just, you got ate by a bear. Um, originally known as Five Nights at Freddy's Pizza Plex, uh, the game is now officially known as Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Uh, let's see what is this some kind of marketing thing yeah <laughs> hey kids do you want pizza well yeah. well Fastbear Entertainment has spared no expense developing the world's most extreme family fun center Freddy Fazbear's Mega Pizza Plex yay at three stories tall it's the flashiest raddest rockingest safest asterisk <laughs> probably in reference to previous games Mm-hmm. Um, a pizzeria that the universe has ever seen. Ooh. <laughs> of course, Freddy and the band are excited to, to meet you. Utilizing the latest in animatronic technology, you can actually party with the stars themselves. I want to party with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, on your next birthday, let Freddy Fazbear's Mega Pizza Plex make you a superstar. Yay! Tells. Almost nothing about the game. Yeah, not, not particularly. Other than it doesn't take place at the typical Freddy Fazbear's Funplex. Is that what it's called? I thought it was just called Pizzeria. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> um, instead, it's a fucking monstrosity. Yeah. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese. Have you on. seen the pictures? Is that a no? No, I haven't. I haven't. There's a trailer too, but I don't need to watch that. Oh man, this site is taking fucking forever. Oh, comicbook.com, uh, their fucking site is garbage. Really? They they have they pack so many fucking ads into their website that it takes forever to load. Can you? Oh. Huh. It kind of looks. Like a club in Miami in the 80s. Yeah. 
It kind of does. Or like, a, it also looks like a mall to me. Sure, yeah. A lot of neon. Yeah. There's a disco ball. And then there's this creepy room. I don't know. Oh, it looks like a kitchen. There's pots and pans over here. There's a Gordon Ramsay coast. It's a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call back. He comes He comes out and he throws dishes at you. You fucking muppet. Um, let's see. PlayStation 5's next-gen technology enhances the fear and tension beyond what is possible before. Real-time ray tracing graphics ups the visual fidelity and brings the animatronics to life like never before. Feel the fear surround you with PlayStation 5's immersive 3D audio. What does that mean? Like surround sound? Because I, I already have that. That's not, that's not a selling point. I already have a surround sound system. Uh, utilizing, if you don't have a surround sound system, how can you have 3D audio? You know, when, when they first started coming out with flat panel TVs and the speakers are, were garbage... They started developing sound bars with better speakers in them, and they had like the simulated surround sound. Mm. I don't know how the technology worked, but if you had like a like a if you're watching like a movie that had really good mastering and mixing in it, it actually did a pretty effective job at least simulating surround sound. So I wonder if that's kind of what they're talking about. But how that seems like a like a hardware thing. I don't know how the PlayStation could do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, but utilizing the lightning fast, new solid state drive technology, uh, the pace of terror is never interrupted. But what if you have a disc drive? Although I think even the, even the disc ones have solid state. Yeah. That that was always the trouble with, uh, with gaming, with modern gaming systems is that even if you, you know, we're playing a disc game, you know, it has to save so much data to the hard drive because in order to access all that information all at once, it has to be stored on a drive. You can't just access it from the from the disc all at once. Um, so, but that was always a problem because um, hard drives, you know, still had a spinning disc in them. Right. Um, which is great if you want to store a lot of memory. Um, because they can store a lot of information for you know relatively low price, but solid state it doesn't have a spinning disk. It's all stored completely digitally, and so that, uh, I think it'll reduce a lot of um, loading times. And that's kind of been the selling point of both the PlayStation Five and the Xbox X or whatever Series X, whatever, um, is that they all have solid state drives to reduce loading times to practically nothing. Um. Anyway, so that's uh, it's funny that they're trying to use that as a selling point for their own game. It's like, no, no, that's hardware. That's not you. <laughs> you have nothing to do with that. <laughs> so, Five Nights at Freddy's. If you're still interested for some reason, there's a, there's a new game coming out. Still waiting for that movie. I'm not. <laughs> I'd rather see the Nick Cage movie. Which one? The uh, the one that's oh Wally's Wonderland. Yeah, I'm I'm very hype on that. Yeah, pretty much all Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, because it's Nicolas Cage. I can't wait to see him as Joe Exotic. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be such a disaster. It's gonna be so <laughs> awesome. Anyway, Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> 
right, it's time once again for good news, bad news. I'll let you pick which is which. (laughs) I I love and hate this segment. (laughs) Uh, After 11 seasons, The Walking Dead will be ending. Hooray! (laughs) Some people will see that as good news. Some people will see it as bad news. I I think few people at this point. I'm just here to tell you the news. Um, Don't shoot the messenger, as they say. That 11th season, it's going to be two years long. <laughs> so it's two seasons. Why are you pissing on my leg and telling me, telling me it's raining? Two what? Expanded two-year 11th season that will span 24 episodes. Yeah, why are you blowing smoke up my ass? That's two seasons. That is two seasons. That is two seasons. One season typically would run like 12, 13 episodes. Yeah. Over, over like, they'd run like six episodes, take a break for like 20 months, and then run the second. So I guess it's not too far off because they'd always take that huge break in the middle for right. whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, season 10 still has not finished because of the, the coronavirus. Uh, but there will be six extra season 10 episodes scheduled for early next year. Uh, there are 30 remaining episodes of the flagship series that will run through late 2022. Jesus Christ. So if you're on the side that's upset that Walking Dead will be ending, don't Why? worry. <laughs> I've got good news for you. If like Tony, you're on the side of hooray, it's ending. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Oh, no. Um, As the Walking Dead universe continues to expand, the original series will be followed by an already greenlit spinoff focused on Daryl Dixon and Carol whatever. Oh, it's here. Oh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) None of this fucking matters. So basically, the only two characters from the original that are left will continue on. Is everyone else dead? I think so. Man. I don't, is Michonne still around? I think so. Okay, well, maybe not then. Maybe they're not all dead. But so we're getting a spinoff from the two most prominent characters. So it's basically just the same series continuing on. Yeah. Again, more of that, more of that smoke. Yep. This will premiere in 2023 and will be run by current Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang who co-created the series with Scott Gimple, who, of course, is the chief content officer on The Walking Dead uh, universe. It is now a universe. We said this years ago. Years ago. Everything's got to have their own universe. Yep. So if you're not already happy with having The Walking Dead... uh, Oh, Fear of the Walking Dead... Is that even on anymore? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's still going. And The Walking Dead, A New World. And Daryl and Carol Take Miami. (laughs) AMC is also working with Scott Gimple to develop Tales of the Walking Dead, an episodic anthology with individual episodes or arcs of episodes focused on new or existing characters, backstories, or their standalone experiences. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm I'm speechless. I have nothing. But wait, there's more. Oh, Lauren Cohen recently did an interview where she said, 
talking about the the end of the show, she said, I don't know if I'm supposed... Oh, wait, sorry. Got to read the whole thing, Taylor. She said, it's sort of exciting because there will be spinoff possibilities. Wink. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that yet. I've been gone for a while. So, we also get Maggie returns to The Walking Dead, possibly. Oh, man. Unless she's going to be in Carol and Daryl's Christmas adventure. <laughs> I'm going to keep giving it new names. Uh, I gotta, I gotta save something. Carol and Daryl, Daryl save Hanukkah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, how do they, how do they keep doing this? Well, Scott Gimple, he says that asshole. We have a lot of thrilling story left to tell on TWD. Mm-hmm. And then... No. No. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> and then, this end will be a beginning of more Walking Dead. Brand new stories and characters, familiar faces and places, new voices and new mythologies. This will be a grand finale that will lead to new premieres. Evolution is upon us. The Walking Dead lives. Oh my god. Every new beginning comes from another beginning's end. <laughs> It's a monster. Thousand times. Yeah, yeah, I like the song. <laughs> he, he, he's a monster. He needs to be stopped. I, what is, I wonder what and he didn't make a single zombie pun. Like, come on. <laughs> it's right there waiting for you. Oh, the walking dead lives kind of a thing. That's kind of, that's, yeah, thinly veiled. I wonder what Kirkman thinks of all this. He thinks mm, money. Well, I mean, yeah, he probably enjoys money, 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 money. He probably enjoys getting many delicious checks, but it's like, does he have any scruples? Like, this is his fucking legacy, and there are like, I'd I'd go as far as to say that most horror fans that were like devout Walking Dead fans for like the first, I don't know, three seasons, just think it's a pile of dog shit now, and like. When Walking Dead, the, the comics came out, or the you know, graphic novels, I guess, when those came out, you know, horror fans lost their minds. Dude, like, I remember when Walking Dead was like, can't miss. Yeah. And and now this is this is what it's devolved into. And it's like, is he okay with that? Probably. I mean, he must be, right? Or does he is he done at this point? Did he just like sign his name and I don't know wash he, his hands of it? He 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 ended the series, like the book series. Yeah. And so he had enough foresight and wherewithal to end the series while people were still reading them. I feel like the people that run the shows don't have that sense. It's I mean, apparently not. And I just I mean he he, either sold the rights or licensed them, so I know that he has little to no say about what happens with the shows. But if I were him, I'd be really upset with this, because this is like this was his fucking baby. This is what put him on the map, and now it, 
And Gimple's just like, what if we had a prequel series about the teddy bear girl? <laughs> no one cares. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kirkman's, he, he's he's moved on. He's working on other stuff for, I think, Image Comics. Um, so he's 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 doing other things now. He's moved on past Walking Dead. But, you know, it's like that's that's what made you who you are. Right. You know, in, in the industry, at least. It's like, don't you have any, like, objections? I don't know. I don't know. Money's a powerful thing, I guess. I mean, it is. I already know that. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a capitalist country. So, I mean, if you just can't fucking get enough of Walking Dead, then don't be afraid of the series ending because you're actually going to get like eight more series. You're going to be able to tell your grandchildren who are of your children who aren't born yet <laughs> that they can watch The Walking Dead. Yep. They'll still be making Carol and Daryl in space. You know, this is not, this isn't, sh- this shouldn't come as a huge surprise because I can remember talking years, years ago on the show about Gimple saying that they could run The Walking Dead another 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what, six years down? <laughs> also, I remember when they talked about Fear the Walking Dead and we were like, does anyone want this? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like you're rehashing the same thing. This is exactly what happened. They're just going to keep doing it. They're just going to keep rehashing. You keep saying new mythologies. What new mythologies? It's fucking zombies. There's no mythology. (laughs) Unless you're going to explain how it happened, which they never did. Do we need them to? No. That's the whole thing about zombies. You never need to know what caused the outbreak. Right. There are more important things at hand. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. We're going to have Walking Dead falling out of your ass. So. (laughs) All right. That's it for our business. Just an hour and a half in. Is that all? That's all. Uh, from here, we're going to move on to some film reviews. All right, guys. So this week is not a theme. Just movies. No, as I was watching the movies, I was like, is there anything we can shoehorn in here? But there's, <laughs> there's really not. They have nothing to do with each other. They're both new movies. That's about it. More or less. Yeah. One's been out for a couple of years, but only, what, a couple months here? Is that what you said? A month. It came out last month. Un month. Un. Un. Un month. And month. Okay. Um, so, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Let's start with Open 24 Hours. It's supposed to rain tonight. Mary, we talked about this. You can't freak out every time it rains. This place is in the middle of nowhere. Are you sure you want to work here? I don't really have a choice. A rain drops. So many raindrops. Dear Gaspar, I think this is Mary. Do you like watching people die? I know it about you and your boyfriend. I'm sure you're going to be carrying that around with you your whole life. I'm not crazy, you know. The file says paranoid and delusional. My boyfriend was James Lincoln Fields. Killed like 30 women. 
35. He's still alive, right? Good one. <laughs> Got him. Uh, so yeah, this originally came out in 2018 in the UK, even though it's an American film. I'm pretty sure it does not star any Americans, though. Oh, really? I don't think so. Is Brendan Fletcher not American? I think he's Canadian. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. Goddamn nucks. <laughs> what about Fuck, fucking Lisa? <laughs> Seriously, I blame her. She's the worst. What about Vanessa Grassi? Is she Canadian too? I believe so. Is she from DeGrassi? <laughs> um, oh, yep. Canada. Like it just says, born in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. So this is uh, the story of Mary who is starting a brand new job at the tear gas market. What? She's working at this place called deer gas market. And every time someone said it, I heard tear gas market. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't think it's called that. Um, but, but I see, I could see where the confusion lies. Yeah. Like, why would you call it that? And who says gas market? Who, who calls it that? Europeans. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, I, I call them gas and goes, but I know that's not re a really very common term. Convenience store. Convenience store. Bodega. It was not really bodega because it's a gas station. Bodega. Bodega. Say it with us. <laughs> bodega. Half baked. Mm. So you uh, don't know. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Kevin is starting his own wine. Oh yeah. And he's calling it uh, Bodega's Calibri. And I was like. I hear bodega and I just think New York convenience store. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yep. shout out to Bodega's Calibri. Get your wine on. Sure. Fucking winos. <laughs> but no, Mary starts this new job at uh, the, the deer gas market, which is apparently in Missouri. Although as Tony pointed out to me, this movie is definitely filmed in the Eastern block. Yep. When you sent me that text, I thought, like I I know what the Eastern block of Russia is or Ukraine or whatever. Um, the, the middle East Eastern. I, I know what that Eastern block is, but when you, the way you phrased it and I hadn't seen the movie yet, I thought Eastern block was a thing in Missouri. And so you were like, cause you, you said something like I've never been to Missouri, but I'm pretty sure this is home in the Eastern block. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know what the Eastern block of Missouri is. 
Right. Yeah, I know this film to Bulgaria, and like for those of you that don't know the term, Eastern Bloc is like most of those former Soviet countries. It's just kind of a, a, a regional term for those countries. This is filmed in Bulgaria, which... Wait, weren't we just talking about Bulgaria with the Megan Fox story? That was a different country, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. (laughs) I've already forgotten its name. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, and so she's filling out the application. This is the, the opening scene of the movie. She's filling out the application. It says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And she's like, yep. And then she hands in her um, application to Ed. Is he? I guess he's the owner. That's the impression I got. And he's looking over it, and he's just like, you know, oh, you seem like a nice girl. And I interviewed this other person, and I didn't like him. But uh, kind of an asshole. He, he was a real. <laughs> and he's like, so you've been convicted of a felony? And she's like, yeah. He's like, what'd you do? She said, oh, I set my boyfriend on fire. And he's like. All right, well, you got the job. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> I know he just says, did he deserve it? And she's like, yes, he did. And he's like, all right, good enough for me. He's not in the credits. I just noticed that. He's like, I'm not going to look into your past at all. <laughs> You're hired. Can you start tonight? <laughs> You're a straight shooter. And I like that about you. <laughs> she says, you know, you need to start tonight. You're going to work the night, the graveyard shift. And so she goes out and tells her friend, Debbie, she's like, I got, I got the job. And Debbie's like, all right, I'm going to take you out to lunch to celebrate. She's like, all right, well, I got to meet with my PO first. And so she goes home and opens the door to her bathroom. And there's someone in her bathroom holding another person's head under the water. And immediately Mary is like, you're not real. You're not real. And she's like kind of, you know, blinks and takes a pill and it all goes away. It's amazing how fast pills work in movies. Right? <laughs> it's like whenever somebody's like having a heart attack. And actually, I guess like um, um, uh, lithium is that there. Oh, God. I mean, there's, there's a pill that people usually take for like heart conditions. And I think they like put it under their tongue and it like dissolves. And it actually typically works fairly quickly. But like instances like this they just toss it in their mouth and then it's like okay all problems are solved all good all good yeah um yeah then she meets with her her parole officer who just wanders into her apartment and he basically tells her you know make sure your phone is on at all times if i can't get a hold of you things are going to be very bad for you and she says you know i got this job and she's like that's great blah 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 she plugs in her phone and immediately starts getting these threatening phone calls and you know she kind of freaks out but then she Goes off to have lunch with Debbie. Debbie proceeds to eat two hamburgers and drink three beers during this lunch. It's a lunch. <laughs> it's not like you're having like a celebratory, like a feast dinner. It's a lunch. No, they're at like a diner. Yeah. And Debbie eats her meal, drinks her three beers. And then Mary is like, I'm not really hungry. And Debbie's like, well, pass it on over. <laughs> and she's this tiny little waif of a woman. And she's <laughs> just like putting away two diner cheeseburgers and fries. Yeah. Like this giant fucking like Kaiser roll bun. Yeah. It's just all those carbs. So many carbs. So filling. Um, and so then, you know, after drinking three beers at lunch, she proceeds to drive them away. To her fucking like 
Like she she drives her to to work eventually, I guess. That's later, yeah. Earlier she drives her to her apartment, which is like in this abandoned like Bulgarian or no, no. Where do we say this was? Yeah, Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Bulgarian warehouse, but it's like supposed to be this rundown apartment building in Missouri. It's like no, 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 no. Yeah, it looks like one of those places where they like you have a shared bathroom down the hall. Right. <laughs> It definitely looks like it was abandoned and they just like, you know, put some like... Did very little set dressing. Yeah, yeah. Like did enough to make it look like somebody lived there. Or somebody could live there. (laughs) Maybe not should. But it was like, it was like right next to this, like this big brick building. And it's just like, if you've seen pictures of, you know, know, Eastern Bloc countries, they're very poor... um, and like you know, a lot of their industry are, you know, um, very like, I don't know. I, I can't think of what I'm, what I'm trying to say, but like, it's like this big brick building. that's just like run down. It looks like it was built a century ago. Uh, and um, right next to it is like another building with this big brick smokestack. It's like, that's, those not, places don't exist in America. It's not the U.S. But I guess we're supposed to think like, you know, that she's on parole. She's a felon. So this is the best she can do both work and home wise. Yeah. With the suspension of disbelief, it, it, it's passable. Yeah. So flash forward. She goes to work for her first night. Debbie drops her off. Uh, she's introduced to the guy that works there currently. Bobby, played by Brendan Fletcher from the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Was he in there? Right? I don't rem- I remember him in Freddy versus Jason. Oh, that's that's the one. Yep. You're right. I knew it was one of those claw hand movies. <laughs> claw hand? <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, Bobby kind of just shows her the ropes and he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Meanwhile, Debbie buys a six pack and a pack of cigarettes and it's like $9. <laughs> yeah fucking right i was like what kind of beer and or cigarettes like well i know she bought spirit cigarettes which i assume are supposed to be american spirits but they're just called spirits i if a brand called called spirit exists i'm not aware of it yeah me neither but there, i know there's american spirits yeah and even the shittiest beer like those two things together nine dollars really yeah i think like the cheapest probably in the united states you know, in like, you know, states where they fucking grow tobacco and like encourage you to smoke. <laughs> like smoke. The, <laughs> like, like the cheapest you can get a pack of cigarettes is like four bucks. Maybe. I know. It, it, like, so it, I guess a five, a six pack of really shitty beer for five bucks isn't completely out of the realm of possibility. I guess. I mean, in Missouri, yeah. Missouri might be one of those states where you can get a really cheap pack of shitty cigarettes and maybe a cheap six pack of shitty beer. Well, there's another part where these two kids come in and buy two, uh, they're not pints. I don't know. Two bottles of, of booze. And it's $11. Like five fifty for a bottle of booze. Canadians don't understand money. <laughs> <laughs> but then when the guy comes in and gets gas, like I know he's filling up a, a semi, but it's like $157. Well, Shit. I mean, like, we were up in Can- in uh, Vancouver last summer, 
And gas is fucking expensive up there. But this is Missouri, Tony. Well, right. But again, <laughs> Canadians. Uh, Their money's plastic, Taylor. They don't understand. <laughs> There's kids playing hockey on the back. <laughs> um, Bobby, you know, he shows her the rope, shows her how to work the register, and then he, he goes along his merry way. He's new type. Uh, and Mary, through, throughout the night, keeps having these visions of, you know, like at one point, the, when the kids come in and buy the booze, the, the girl says, you go to the bathroom and says, you're, just so you know, your bathroom is flooded. And so Mary goes in there and it's, this is the biggest gas station bathroom you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty much the set of Saw. <laughs> it's, it's bigger than the bathroom in my home. Bigger than my home, I think. Um, <laughs> but you know, Mary has these visions of like the blood overflowing with, or the toilet overflowing with blood, and hands coming out of the wall. But you know, every time she's able to just kind of blink it away, and uh, and then you know, she again she starts getting threatening phone calls. So I think at this point, they've we we've been told who her boyfriend is or her ex-boyfriend was right or is that coming uh is that a, i think that's when robbie comes back bobby 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 um that's when he comes back i think okay and then she literally just explains everything we get a very short flashback but um it's, it's not really i hate when movies just have someone talk about the backstory as opposed to showing it to us yeah, although, I mean, this movie was not shy about, um, like, violence and, and gore. No, it's not. Which I, I appreciate about it. Is that what you appreciate about it? <laughs> um, but yeah, but the backstory, her boyfriend was a serial killer named the Rain Ripper. That's the name. I couldn't remember what it was. And uh, he made her watch. So she's known in the media as, get this. The Watcher. Those media types are so clever. I like that she says, that's what the media called me. I don't know. That line just <laughs> stuck out to me. Seemed pretty hokey. But, uh, yeah, so one night she just set the house on fire while he was in it. But turns out he lived through the fire and he is currently locked up, incarcerated, as it were. Um, yeah, so she keeps having these visions of, you know, turns out it's him, uh, either attacking her or attacking other people, or she has visions of like people who have been attacked and are bleeding or sugar different dancing in her head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and she starts getting these phone calls that are threatening. And then eventually her boyfriend shows up at this gas station, but she's, you know, says, you're not real. You're not real. And he slaps her across the face. <laughs> It says, am I real now? Uh, but eventually, you know, she, again, just kind of blinks him away, pops a pill. And he turns into this lady. Um, that's, that's kind of as far as I can go without starting to give stuff away. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's, it's not a bad story. It's not a particularly good one, though. No, it's it's not especially original. Um, 
one of my biggest problems with it was it seemed to kind of branch out into several different places and then those things never went anywhere. How do you mean? Well, like the, I'm going to try and say this without giving anything away, but the, the big swerve happens halfway through the movie. Yeah. And then just kind of fill, fizzles out. Um, and I, my, my problem with the first half of the movie is that once it's established that these are all visions, it just kind of takes the steam out of it because you know none of it's real. Yeah. <clears throat> I think my biggest issue was that it um, it tried to it, like establish these twists in the story, um, which the biggest fuck up that writers and directors can do with their stories is hint at the twist. Yeah. Don't hint at the twist. <laughs> because, like, smart viewers, they're going to pick up on it, and they're going to figure it out before you even, like, develop the plot, you know? Right. And that's just... It, I mean, that's exactly what happened with me. Like, aside from, like, the last 15 minutes or so, I pretty much knew what was happening. And it's just like... I can I can appreciate that a lot of the movie was her like dealing with like these you know paranoid delusions and in, in you know visions, um, you know I I kind of saw that but I feel like they they leaned too heavily into it and well yeah, like I said you once you once it's established that everything was a vision. Or a, or a delusion, it just it just took the steam out of it for me because I'm just like I know none of this is real, so it's I I know that she's gonna just pop a pill or blink her eyes and it's all gonna go away. So where where where's the fear? Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, you know what? I think my biggest gripe with this movie, it was it was too fucking long. It was like an hour and forty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Which is just like when you when you could have made this movie with like I'd say I go I go as far as to say like fifteen minutes less content in it. Like you're just sitting there, like how much longer can they drag this fucking story out? Right. Because it's like there's these these plot developments and they just linger on them. I guess. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to give the plot away. Right. So I'm. I'm trying to tread carefully here. Like uh, you know, I was saying earlier how they kind of tease these things and they don't lead anywhere. Another one is like Debbie drinking. You know, like I said, she had three beers at lunch. She buys a six pack when she drops uh, Mary off, and Mary even says to her, "Don't drink too much." And then that's it. Yeah. Like, the, what's the reason for her having a drinking problem, or does she have a drinking problem? Like, there's just it's just these weird things that kind of dangle there and then just take them away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why did you, what was that even for? Yeah. I, um, but it's like, I, I feel like if I were to it's watch like Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Yeah. That. Do you know what Chekhov's gun is? I think I've heard the term, but I don't, it's a, it's from plays where if you show a gun in the first act, it needs to go off in the third. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say that this movie may have had multiple, Oh yeah, Not multiples of that. That's what I'm saying. Um, 
But it's like, you know, even with like M. Night Shyamalan, who's like the king of twists, you go into a Shyamalan movie expecting a twist, but usually just one twist. This one had like several twists. It's the, like it's like Dennis Reynolds movie. Got to keep up. Lots of twists. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's distracting. Um, and you know, you kind of build up this steam and then you suddenly, you, you change course and you, you lose that steam that you built up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And like when, when you're building up to that, to one of these twists and you just kind of, you, you want to change course and you just kind of like, you don't end it with a bang, you know, you don't, you don't end to the end of the string before you veer off into the twist you don't end it with like any like anything exciting i guess Mm -hmm. just ends and there's like oh by the way this is happening now yeah this sounds ridiculous without actually right out of context it's 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 hard to explain it without giving stuff away um it also feels like they want you to think one thing while showing you something else yeah yeah i get that and it's like i I get what you're going for, but you're not proving it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, ah, damn it. like not being able to give things away is, is, is killing me. Cause I really want to like dig into it, but I can't. Um, yeah, just the twists were a hindrance, especially when you had more than one. Um, and, like I said, it's just too long, like painfully long, like the point where I can, I'm sitting there like, oh, surely this has to be over soon. It's like, oh, no, I've still got 20 minutes left. Um, but uh, Like I said at the beginning, though, like this, like I said at the start, the very beginning, um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bad story, not especially inventive, because I feel like I've seen something like this a hundred times. Well, and it feels like, like the, the thing they're trying to make us think would have been creative, but what they actually followed through with was much more kind of tropey and cliche. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could, like I had my own ideas of how the movie might end and kind of like when they didn't end that way, I was like, kind of disappointed <laughs> not not because it's like oh they didn't use my idea not something like that it's like oh man that would have been that would have been better yeah <laughs> that would have been more entertaining it's like even if it even if it made it might have been like tropey and even a little predictable it's like i feel like it would have been more interesting for the story itself um and uh yeah it's, like yeah like you said you know it's building up to something um and it just kind of leaves you hanging, I guess. Like I felt like there was something good here, and the biggest thing that killed it was when they revealed or they hinted at the twist so early on in the movie. Mm-hmm. That you're just waiting for it to come, and it's it's distracting because you you have a hard time getting engaged in the movie because you kind of already know how it's going to end. Yeah, well, like I said, the twist is like in the middle, and I I paused it shortly after they had the big reveal, you know, and I was like, there's still like 50 minutes left. I was like, this feels like the end. Like this feels like they're ramping things up. Yeah. Like what's left. 
Yeah. And so then the, you know, the twist kind of gets twisted back the other way, mm-hmm. which that ruined it for me. I mean, it just, then it just kind of, you know, the, the second half of the movie is basically just a stereotypical slasher. Pretty much. It yeah. pretty much takes everything that they tried to do in the first half and just is like, you know what? Forget all that. Let's just make a slasher movie. Yeah. It's almost like somebody wrote a 40 minute script. They're like, I don't know how to finish this. Yeah. Well, it's like maybe wrote it to the end or what they thought was going to be the end. And it's like, hey, you know, writing partner, take a look at this. Tell me what you think. It's like, oh, I've got ideas. And just they just added them all to the end. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, the, the production value is actually very good. Um, the, I mean, the the sets were, were pretty pretty good i mean it was clearly like a real like gas station that they used mm-hmm. um but you know i did aside from you know the cars which were a little suspect um especially that semi because they don't drive those kind of trucks here yeah those are those are european trucks um and you know her apartment building and, and you know the neighboring buildings um i'd say it did a pretty good job of making you believe that this was, you know, somewhere in the U.S., whether it be Missouri, Missouri or not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost entirely in this one setting. Yeah. But, so you know, it's even, like once you have that one building, it's not really hard to, you know, it, as long as that one building looks the way you want it to look, it's hard to deviate. Yeah. The things that, like, that didn't really sell it, like I said, were the cars. Those were the big ones for me. Um the, the the products that they had in the convenience store, like they had, like they, they seemed like they tried very hard to not show any labels. Well, yeah, but I mean, just the packaging alone yeah. looked very foreign. Um, like even you know, even in Canada, like packaging is very similar to stuff we have here. Uh, you know, they use different measurements, but more or less the same. But you know, like they had like bottles of milk in what looked like two liter soda bottles. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was it was, it was strange, um, and uh, but I mean, and, and you know, her apartment building; th- those are the those are the standouts. But you know, as far as just a generic looking, rundown gas station somewhere in the south, sure, yeah, believe it. That diner that they were eating lunch at, I don't know if that was a set or if they managed to find like an old style diner. Well, parts of this were also filmed in Mississippi. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So I almost wonder, no, that wouldn't make sense. Maybe the exterior of the... No, because that was definitely a European cop car and a European truck. Might have just been the diner. <laughs> Could have been, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, the, the, I'd say all in all, it was pretty convincing, even though clearly most of the movie took place in a foreign country. I'd say it was more or less pretty passable. And like I did say, like the the uh, the gore. I mean, calling it gore, I think like you know, yeah. There's not like a lot of viscera or anything. Yeah, there is a like you said a lot of violence and you know uh, blood. Mm-hmm. I th- I think that was all pretty well done, um, pretty unapologetic too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, like the 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 actors uh, did very well. I mean. Seemed to me, from what I could tell, it's a Canadian and um, 
uh, and Slavic cast. But you know that trucker. You look at a at a his IMDb page, and it's clear that he is like, um, I don't know if he's from Bulgaria or a, a neighboring country or something, but he's clearly from that that region. So, but he has this southern accent, and it was actually very, pretty convincing. Him, the PO, and the the woman that came into the store, all like seemed like they started with an accent and then kind of lost it the more they talked. I, that the guy that played the PO, he's he's British from what I'm seeing. Okay, um, and you could really pick up on him struggling to hide his accent. And the woman is English. Okay, so yeah, both of them. It's definitely easy to pick up on the fact that they were trying to hide an accent. Yeah. That trucker guy, because he was trying to force such a thick southern accent, he actually covered up his native accent pretty well. Yeah. There are little, little bits and pieces you can kind of hear his his native accent. But um, but yeah, I mean, like the, the, the main cast, um, you know, Mary, Bobby, and, you know, and Debbie, and James... Um, I think they're all Canadians. So, I'm yeah. I was trying to see. Uh, James was the only one I wasn't sure of. His uh, I don't see a birthplace for him. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You know, he looked so familiar, and there are things in his history that I would have seen him in, but I just, I can't place his roles. You ever have that? Yeah. It's like, Oh, I've watched that, but I don't remember him in it. Yeah. It's like, but I don't remember him from anything else. Yeah. I mean, look, he had, looks like a, a recurring role on I zombie, which I watched fairly regularly, not religiously, but, um, I, just, I don't remember him at all. Anyway, um, yeah, all in all, not a bad little movie. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think there was definitely like if you you said it well, where it almost feels like it was written by two in two different parts, mm-hmm. and it was like one guy had this idea to kind of you know deviate on these little side stories, and the other guy was like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, positives. It's. It, it was well acted. It was well shot. It's a, it's a very good looking movie. Um, the violence and the, the blood and the gore and stuff that are there. It it's, I've seen it touted as being this like unapologetically gory movie. And I'm like, it's not really gory, but it is violent. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to call gore, like an excess of blood, um, you know, the there's like a tiny little bit of a spoiler here. Like someone gets their head smashed in. That's very graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the most graphic kill in the whole thing. But I mean, yeah, like you're not getting like people like cut open and they're yeah, yeah, disemboweled. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what the, I think when I think gore. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just like I just think of like violence and you know bloody scenes, which can be interpreted as gore. I just I don't do it. I, I don't do that consciously. Like I don't consider it gore. Yeah, same here. But yes, in that respect, it is very unapologetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 
I hate when we do these reviews where it's like, here's everything that's wrong with it, but it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I feel like we're doing. But I really didn't think this was that bad. Um, but like I said, there was a couple times where it was just like, it seemed like the story was going one direction and then all of a sudden they just veered back and left these little stories hanging. And uh, I just wondered if they were ever going to come back and they never did. Yeah. And, and again, uh, just, you know, all the, the scares in the first half of the movie are just her visions, which just kind of took me out of it. Cause I was like, none of this is real. So why do I care? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's terrifying for her, but I'm not her. Fuck her. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a five. Uh, I'll give it a six. You would. I'm just trying to one-up me. You could give it a six? Nobody's I, telling you you can't. I already said five. <laughs> it's locked in. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, available on VOD. Um, it's not free anywhere unless you pirate it somewhere, but... Don't. You don't, don't pirate it. What are you, what are you some kind of asshole? <laughs> What are you, a child? <laughs> uh, yeah, both of these movies, man. I was hoping like somewhere I wouldn't have to pay f- for both movies, but I did. Womp womp. I could have... Sp- <laughs> Jumping ahead here. I could have sworn Spree was a Shudder movie, but whatever. All right. So next up, like I said, is the brand new movie. It's just been out, what, about a month? I think so. Um, it's, uh, Spree. For all of you out there who don't know me, get ready. Because you're about to know me. Hey, I don't see any cops around. Should I blow this next one? Fucking hey! I'm Kurt. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? We're going to inject this right on the label. Does this water have, like, a taste to it? Airtight. Well, watertight. <laughs> If you're not documenting yourself, you just don't exist. <laughs> the mouthfeel on this, otherworldly. What we're doing here is important. We're creating a brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! You're following me, you guys. Fuck yeah! Gun? You don't know what this job's like. You Put don't that know. Fucking no, gun no. Where are you going? I'm taking you home. This is not the way to my fucking house, Kurt. Oh no, not your home. My home. All right, so Spree. Like I said, it's a brand new movie. Just came out a few weeks ago. Not even a, not even an entire month. Um, Based on the candy, right? Um, uh, it was directed by Eugene Kotlyarenko. Kotlyarenko. Like you look at that name, and it looks like the letters are out of order, so it makes it difficult. Yeah. To say. <laughs> um, 
it was also written by him <laughs> and uh, Gene McHugh. Um, stories about uh, a guy named Kurt, Kurt Kunkel. Un- name. Unfortunate name. Uh, played by Joe Keery, who you, of course, know as Steve Harrington from Stranger Things, uh, a.k.a. John Ralphio Jr. <laughs> um, so I feel like this might ring true for some of our audience to an extent. Um, Kurt, he is he's a wannabe internet star. Influencer. Whatever. Whatever the term may be. Um, he has done everything that he can think of to gain some kind of following. And he has been taken over by the clout. <laughs> um, Kurt's World 96. Yeah. It's, he, he broadcasts on uh, YouTube. Um, what was that streaming service he's using for most of the movie? I can't remember. Uh, Live Fly. Live Fly, which I don't know if that was supposed to be like something like a like Twitch or maybe like just it might just be some generic just, generic streaming. amalgamation of of other things. Um, Instagram stories it, he does. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook Live, he does it all, trying to gain some kind of following. Um, he's done things from, and this I felt very. Attacked. <laughs> I felt very attacked and very seen with with this stuff because he's like he's done drawing videos, he's done um, just you know like day day in the life videos, and like I'm not saying that I've done this stuff, but I've you know I've I've made online videos that don't get many views, and it's fine. I'm a podcaster that doesn't have a big audience, <laughs> so I can relate. Tony did film his life. For an entire year, a lot of people don't know this. It's, <laughs> um, he uh, most people turned out when he sh- shot. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, he he does like these, like I said, day in life videos, um, unboxing videos, uh, basically anything you can think of, and he tries to latch on to this guy he used to babysit, <laughs> um, to. Uh, who 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 is a very well known influencer? Bobby Boot Camp, right? Um, and uh, you know, B- B- Bobby basically thinks he's a loser, even though he's probably like ten years younger, right? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and so uh, you know, Kurt is uh, trying to make this happen, and in his free time, he is a rideshare driver for a service called Spree. And there it is. Like like the you name. You got it. Um, they said it. <laughs> so he, uh, you kind of see like this uh, kind of montage of videos that he's made in the past. Um, and you get this kind of like brief backstory of his own life where he, you know, he lived with his parents um, and they split up and, you know, he tries to help out his mom. And his dad's kind of a loser. His dad is it's also played by, yeah, former WCW <laughs> champion David Arquette. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, and so he's just he's trying to make this happen. He's he's hustling like like 
you talk to any influencer and that's what they'll tell you. So you got to hustle. You got to, you got to make your shit. You got to do it with consistency. You got to just bombard the internet with your face and maybe it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Make yourself into a brand. Yeah. So he's, he's doing the work, but people are just not into it. And I think a lot of people can relate. A lot of people know that struggle. I mean, people that do YouTube professionally, they're constantly chasing that algorithm that is always moving. Yeah. So anyway, so this is, I think this was very real could, or could be very real for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, so to actually make money because the, the, the clout's not doing it for him, um, he uh, like drives rideshare. <clears throat> he, you kind of see like this degradation, like quickly, like early on in the movie, you see this degradation of his psyche where he becomes more and more frustrated at the fact that he's just not getting any kind of audience. You know, his, his video views are in like single digits. Um, and it's, it's, he's clearly got some psychological issues that this is not, it's, uh, he's probably, you know, absorbing this as a, uh, as a, uh, a commentary on his character. He's, he's super awkward. He's, 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 he's super awkward. Uh, he, he, you're awkward. <laughs> he's, he's like an introvert that's trying to be extroverted. Yeah. Which always comes across as, as awkward, awkward and strange, especially when, you know, if you know an introvert that tries to be extroverted, it's just like, what are you doing? You're creeping me out. <laughs> um, anyway, and uh, so one day he gets this brilliant idea of how he's going to gain this, this following. Hashtag the lesson. And the lesson isn't really explained. But if you know the, 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 the premise? premise, thank you, of the movie, you know what the lesson is. And he doesn't ever describe it explicitly. He just kind of launches immediately into it. It doesn't seem like he really knows what it is. Because like, at one point he even says, like, I figured out the rest of the lesson. It seems like he's just kind of winging it. Yeah. So, but you slowly find out that he has, I mean, you, he, he's mounted ca- like live streaming cameras all over his car. Like all over the interior of his car. And you find out that his lesson to be taught is that he's going to be killing his um, his uh, passengers. Um, and uh, he's doing this all over live stream. So through the course of the movie, you see um, Kurt, you know, get these passengers. And, you know, they're different kinds of people. And if you've ever seen, like, taxi cab confessionals, it's similar to that. And that, you know, you've got this driver who's just chatting up passengers and passengers are just kind of telling this faceless driver about their lives one guy's a white supremacist yeah <laughs> who's off to give a speech to his other compatriots um and he's also the first victim uh joe not joe oops um <laughs> kurt has provided bottles of water like most or like a lot of rideshare drivers do um but he poisoned them. And that's kind of shown um, everything, everything is shot 
through these cameras. There's no, there's no um, third person views. Yeah, everything's done through the viewer, through the viewer's perspective of these streaming cameras. Um, and it doesn't feel found footagey though. No, it really doesn't. Um, and I don't know exactly why. Maybe yeah. it's because it's maybe because it's a streaming format rather than you know, hey, you know, I'm the guy behind the camera talking to you. You know, and I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, but it, it's like you know, he he tells this guy to drink some water, or you know, he's, oh, help yourself to a bottle of water. So like, oh, yeah, does. you got a big speech. You make sure you stay hydrated. So he drinks it, and he starts choking, and eventually he just keels over. And then that's when we jump back to a different video that Joe, damn it, Kurt <laughs> had posted on his stream or on YouTube or whatever. Of him, like, it's a basically an instructional video, how to poison a bottle of water. It's the lesson. Yeah. Um, and this, this guy is like a, an internet troll come to life. Like, he, he calls Kurt a libtard yeah. at one point. Um, and, he, you know, he's like, say it with me. I'm white and I'm proud. <laughs> Kurt's like, no. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's, it sounds weird to say but like even though he's homicidal he's not really like a bad person right <laughs> he's a nice guy in a psychopath's body and he's or not vice versa he's not particularly violent because he's poisoning these people he's not you know committing these violent crimes yet, yet. <laughs> things do escalate as as the day progresses and this all takes place over one day it's just a day in the life of a homicidal maniac <laughs> Um, and you know, he just, he, he picks up these passengers, um, and you know, it starts out with him poisoning them with these water bottles, but it slowly starts to progress with him hitting them with his car. Um, and you know, other things I won't, I won't get into details, but, um, he, uh, kind of slowly descends he always stays his very like upbeat personality for the most part, but he kind of like descends into just more and more crazy. Well, he repeatedly gets angry that not enough people are watching. Like at one point, um, Bobby Bootcamp starts like giving him shit in the comments, and he's like, you know, I was looking and only six people were watching. He's like, no, it got up to double digits at one point. Yeah, <clears throat> he's also it completely oblivious to like everything around him. Cause like you said, he, he was started hitting people with his car and he like goes to a gas station, pulls up next to a cop with blood on his windshield. Yeah. He, and, um, and the other thing is like, uh, Bobby again, it was this kid that he used to babysit and he was just this really arrogant piece of shit, which I think a lot like of most influence. Yeah. You know, like those young guys, like in their teens who are these, you know, fairly well known, like gamers mostly who just talk, Talk so much head all the time. Um, God, that's a term I haven't used in a while. Um, <clears throat> but they just talk sh endless amounts of shit to people like grown men over like because they can do it behind behind the the safety of a of a game or mm -hmm. you know microphone. Um, and uh, so, but but Bobby, whether or not he actually said this or not, Kurt insists that Bobby said that he was going to share his stream with his audience, which he never ha which never happens, which 
makes uh, Kurt more and more frustrated over the course of the night. Um, and yeah, things just really start to degrade. Like, like, but it's it's it has a, an American Psycho feel to it. Like, did you, did you get that at all? I didn't, but I I get it now that you say it. Yeah, it's a very like, um, like new generation American Psycho kind yeah. of. Where, where it's like, so I mean the 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 common thing is that Kurt is doing these awful things, these horrific things, all on a live stream, and there are people you can watch these comments, which are like the the, the commenters, like it seemed very real. Didn't seem like these these canned scripted comments that they just plugged into it, at, you know, in post production. It seemed like legit comments that were running in a real live stream. Yeah. Um, but these people are, are like, you know, encouraging to kill these people, you know, encouraging to do these terrible things, and also talking shit and saying like, oh, this isn't real. This is all bullshit. Um, and so that that was the thing is like, you know, in American Psycho because Patrick Bateman was this not affluent, but like, you know, you know, well-to-do white male, you know, that works on wall street in New York. And, you know, the people don't, don't, people don't give him a second look because he's just like all the other white guys that are exactly like him. Right. Um, and so that's how he kind of gets away with all these horrific things you know, of these, these constant murders and why it's so easy for him because nobody suspects him because he's just that guy that you've seen a million times in one day, you know, it's the same thing in a more modern setting with Kurt. He's just that guy who makes these lame videos that nobody watches and they're like, they're a dime a dozen and he just blends into the background. So even when he's doing these outrageous things, like Bobby, you know, he, he, he kills this first guy and Bobby's still talking shit. Like he's in his th- stream. He's like fake news. Yeah. Saying, you know, if you want viewers, you got to do something. You got to do like a, a what the fuck moment. Right. And Kurt is just like blown away. He's like, I just killed a guy. And so it's it's kind of like that th- type of thing where he's being so led around by the dick by these people in his comments and you know just the the pursuit of more viewers and and you know subscribers that he's willing to do anything. And that's why I think like he keeps escalating, but he keeps getting away with it throughout the course of the night because who would suspect this guy? I mean, Even though he's live streaming it. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you watch these comments and nobody believes it's real. Right. It's like it's just like recently that guy um, who uh, who killed somebody over live stream. And you know, I think it was Facebook that just caught, sh- like caught hell for it because they didn't shut it down when people were complaining about it. It, it, that's that's the internet these days. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this... Like, I, I knew the premise of this going into it, but, like, this really kind of, like, took me aback. Um, 
because like so much of it seemed uh, familiar, I guess, because, you know, like, like, you know, we've been doing this podcast for, is it seven years now? Uh, it will be seven years. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, we had our time where we were, we were really trying to get just this, you know, immense audience. We were doing everything we could think of, you know, doing every trick in the podcaster's book to do what we could to just build this, you know, you know, global audience. And it just never happened. And we, but we started out with the premise that we weren't really doing this for that. Right. It would have been a nice bonus. But had, had we had that kind of disappointment, we probably would have given up. We would have stopped doing this years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this on the show multiple times. It's like, we do this for us. It's time for us to hang out, talk about horror movies and, and, and shit that we, that we like. Um, it's not so much for the numbers. Numbers are nice, but we don't do it for that. But there are people out there, I think mainly YouTubers and, and Twitch streamers, that are all about getting those views. That's like their most important thing in life. Even if they're not making money off it. Yeah. It's like these views and these followers are currency to them, even though they mean nothing, yeah. ultimately. And it's like, I, I watch these people on YouTube. Like, YouTube's probably... This sounds pathetic, but it's one of my like my number one pastime. I think it's like if I don't, I don't really watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of YouTube videos, um, but a lot of the people I follow, they're like career YouTube uh, producers, you yeah. know. Um, and you know, when I see them, there's this one guy in particular. His name is Jazza, um, and he's been doing YouTube professionally for several years at this point. Like he. I don't know what he did as a career. It, it was probably something artistic, but he's gone full YouTube for like several years at this point. And it got to a point where he was putting out so many videos just to keep his numbers up so he could keep that income coming, you know, rolling in that a lot of his content was not very interesting. It was clear that he was just making videos to put something out. Yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of these influencers deal with especially when they have devoted their literally their livelihoods to it so <clears throat> that all being said seeing a character trying to do that um is very real to me um you know and especially because it takes place in la 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 um la 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 <laughs> And so, you know, there are thousands, if not millions of people in that area. Just trying to be famous. Yep. And so, you know, everybody's got to find their niche. And then it actually comes in into play with other, not, not just Bobby, but uh, at least one other influencer um, in, 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 a, in a different medium, sort of. Um, and uh, just kind of seeing how those worlds kind of overlap <clears throat> yeah i don't know it, was, it seemed very uh very very current very topical very real to me and those are my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's i i think we all at least know of somebody like this who is just 
you know, constantly chasing that clout and they just, they just want to be the next big, you know, Instagram star or something. Even if, like I said, even if they're not making money off it, they just want that follower count. They just want those likes Mm -hmm. just to brag about them. And, uh, and then not only that, but like, like you were saying, the people in the comments, like the, the message of this movie is not subtle. (laughs) No, it's especially like the very end of this movie is absolutely just beats you over the head with its message. But, um, you know, basically just the, the internet is fucking toxic. And, uh, you were talking about the comments and these people, yeah, they're like encouraging him to kill these people or like, you know, calling it fake and telling him to, you know, go one more, one farther, one higher. And, uh, and he, and he just keeps doing it. He just keeps trying to impress these people that he's never going to meet. And these people who are watching these terrible things are either encouraging him or cheering him on. And, uh, and yeah, it's fucking toxic. Yeah. And like I said, you know, us being internet personalities in our own right, in order to keep an audience, it's it's not a built-in thing. You don't just get an audience and hold on to it. You have to keep the audience. And, you know, it's like every time we put up a new episode, I look at our numbers. We were just talking the other day how our numbers have kind of dipped off ever since uh, the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has probably... You, you, you got to kind of look be- read between the lines. Think about what's happening, what's changed. Like And like I was telling you, I think a lot of that has to do with probably the fact that people aren't commuting to work anymore. And that's probably prime podcast listening time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, if, I, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts anymore because I don't commute like I used to. I, w- I used to be in the car for almost three hours a day. Yeah. Um, and now I'm not. So I think that's why our numbers have kind of dipped. I don't know if that's across the board for every podcast, but that's the case for us. Um, and, you know, if you look at a, at a, at a chart for the entire year, like right around tail end of March, beginning of April, that's when the numbers started dipping. So, um, I also think those remote episodes, even though they sounded fairly decent, I think they may have hurt us a little bit. Could be. Anyway, um, yeah, um, and then like the other people, there's like these people with uh, Bobby Boot Camp, and they're just like holding him up as a god, mm-hmm. and he's this like seventeen year old kid who. He's a douchebag too. He's a fucking douchebag. He dresses like John Ralphio <laughs> and uh, you know, just makes these stupid videos of him. I don't even know what his videos were. Did they ever show his videos? He it looked like he did a lot of different things. He did like gaming. Oh, he um, was stealing somebody's cell phones or something. Yeah, he's like he just did riding this, around on a hoverboard. He did this like elaborate like homeless person, like giving homeless people fake money. Yeah. Just like complete shithead little fucker and then like i said people are just like holding him up as this icon and it's like what has he done to better the world in any way and it's you know there's people who will just herald these celebrities um you know i think back to the there was a recent thing in the wrestling world of a lot of people getting outed as sexual predators and it was like a lot of people were being accused of clout chasing because you know you get so much clout from accusing someone of (laughs) Like you're you're basically blackballing yourself from the industry if if it's not true. So yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Anybody that's not familiar with the term clout, uh, basically it's just um, trying to get internet popularity 
through whatever means. Right. But they're like, this person will be like, hey, you know, so-and-so sexually assaulted me. Here's a, a long, drawn-out story of how it happened. Here's some proof showing it happened. And then the rest will be like, yeah, it didn't happen. People are like, yes, drag him, queen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you listening to this person? Because they're more famous. Like, why is that? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've not, I mean, aside from wrestling, that's happened in, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, Me Too and that whole movement. It's, uh, yeah. Famous you know, people are often shitty. Yeah, I mean, like. That's I, not really the point of this movie, but. No. Uh, um, but again, like the, a p- big part of the reason they are so shitty is because they can get away with it. And they can get away with it because of people that are toxic online that are just like, yes, yes, queen. Yeah. <laughs> and just like think that anything they do is fine because they're celebrities. And so that's why these people chase clout and want to be a celebrity for doing nothing, making videos on your phone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. As far as this movie goes, um, it is, it is distracting at times because you'll get like multiple screens on the camera at once. Yeah. Plus you've got the comments that are always going. And so you're almost like, where do, where do I look? Yeah. At one point he's, um, he's, I mean, he's got his streaming cameras in, inside of his car. And then I, I presume that what you're supposed to be seeing is the camera and whatever he's got on his screen. I, I assume he's like like merging the two screens into one, and that's what he's broadcasting. But a lot of times, you know, with the camera and then the camera on his phone, you're kind of seeing like the same scene from two different angles. Right. And that gets a little hard to follow sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's always at least one camera going where you can get a good look at the scene. It's just a matter of kind of keeping your eye on the ball, basically. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I really like, I really liked this movie. I, I thought it was very good and very, very poignant commentary on, just today's internet culture um and, and like how you like you said it's just it's fucking toxic the internet is poison um yeah. except for the great blood podcast <laughs> um but i mean <clears throat> and you know it, it's it's frustrating it's frustrating, it's frustrating. <laughs> you know I don't, I don't i don't want to talk as if i'm like i'm like some aspiring youtube star because i'm not but it's frustrating uh, like, you know, when you put out a video, um, of your, of, of something that you, you know, you put a lot of, uh, time and effort into, um, uh, you know, to the best of your ability and then, you know, to get like minimal interaction with it. And then you see some fucker like Bobby bootcamp that just makes garbage and people just flock to it. Yeah. It's 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 fresh. It's it's irritating as fuck. Um, and I mean, not just as somebody who tries to make content, but as a viewer, it's like, oh, hey, here's this person doing something way more interesting, who's getting less of it of an audience, 
because you're a fucking leech. <laughs> right. Like you put so much time and effort into something and then someone is just like, that sucks. You should kill yourself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, they're like, uh, uh, let's take uh Skeletoni's workshop of horrors, which I've made a total of two videos because I just, it, it's so time consuming. Like when I've got a full-time job, a podcast and, you know, just domestic home life, it's really hard to do those consistently. Um, but, you know, the first one I did is when I made that, or, you know, I, I uh, made that Jason mask. <clears throat> I tried to uh, make it as like information, you know, informative as possible. Um, and it kind of ran a little long, which I think hurt me in the long run. But, um, you know, I thought it was a pretty good video and like, I really liked the results that I got from, from my mask. I think it looked really good, but there's this other guy out there who does these videos like monthly, maybe even more often, and to me, his masks don't even look half as good as mine. <laughs> I mean, I'm maybe biased, but um, but he just he gets like thousands of views. It's like okay, I mean, if that's if that's how it works, then then whatever. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even try and put my heart and soul into it because I've got other things that I can you know spend time on. Right. So, but there there are people like that that get so hung up on it. That don't have, you know, maybe that—that's all they have, is just this clout chasing. You know, like Kurt, right? Um, and you know, he's like I said, he's got a said during the review that he's got a shitty. Well, I guess this is still the review. During the synopsis, he's got a shitty home life. His parents are divorced. Uh, we don't ever see his mom except for off in the distance. Um, but his dad's a clout chaser too, though. Yeah, he is. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like some wannabe DJ. And he's just a total turd. He's a, he's a fucking drug addict. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Anyway. Good stuff. I really liked it. Yeah. My my only, like, major issue with it was just it it came off a little preachy. Cause like, like I said, it, it beats you over the head with its message. Um, especially the end. I thought the end could have kind of at least not been as long as it was, but it, yeah. it really kind of hammered home the, the fact that, you know, there are just these incredibly toxic corners of the, of the internet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't find that preachy, but I, I can see how it may come off across as that way. Really good cast. Yeah. You know, you got Joe Curie and David Arquette, uh, also Sashir Zameda and Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live. Um, uh, Misha Barton is in it for a little bit. And it took me a minute to recognize her because, I mean, I, I haven't seen her in years. Yeah. So she, she, she's kind of, she's aged a little bit and she looks like she's put on some weight, which I think she was anorexic. Oh, I don't know. So, but it, it took me a second to recognize her. Also, the old Indian guy from Superstore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Saeed. Saeed, yeah. <laughs> or I think he's like Middle Eastern, like Pakistani or something. Is he? Anyway. Yeah, I, I liked what you said about it being like a, a modernized uh, American psycho because I, I totally get that where it's just, um, 
you know, there's this average Joe getting away with these, these things and just kind of fumbling through it. He's not like, you know, this assassin or like, you know, trained killer or anything going through these things. He's, he's figuring it out as he goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unlike, like American psycho, the reason he's getting away with it is because nobody notices him because he fades into the background. And even when he tells people, they don't believe him. Yeah. And, it, you know, if you've, if you've seen American Psycho or even, you know, hopefully read the book because the book is much more of a deep dive than the movie is, Patrick Bateman gets to a point where he doesn't even know if what he recalls is real. Yeah. Because nobody, he, he can't confirm it with anybody. <laughs> Like he kills these people, you know, he kills homeless people, hookers, um, and you know, another, you know, faceless uh Wall Street guy that he that he works with, and nobody can confirm or deny if these people are missing. Through mistaken identity or just straight, you know, fantasy. Disinterest. Yeah. So yeah, like very similar. And um whether that was intentional, whether this was an inspiration, or whether that was an inspiration for this. I don't know, but the the correlation is definitely there. And I think if you watch this and you're familiar with um, uh, American Psycho, you'll you'll definitely see the similarities. <clears throat> I mean, that poster right there even has a very American Psycho vibe. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um. Anyway, like Joe Keery did a really great job. Yeah, because you see him as. You, you you see him as Steve. He's such like a cool guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy with kind of like a you know a a, a fatherly fatherly or even you know motherly in in a certain respect uh, feel to him in in Stranger Things, and this you kind of see him as this you know sympathetic dope. Yeah, which is a, very, a stark contrast. I think he doesn't even you look at him, you say, oh, I don't even recognize him as Steve. I think. Yeah, a lot, a lot of it has to do with the hair, I think. But <laughs> I would agree. Anyway, um, you know, I'm gonna give this an eight. Yeah, I'd give it an eight. That's weird. It's like this has a. Apparently, this has 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is more or less a cesspool, but it's like, it's, it's strange that people are well, so harsh on this. It's, I mean, you got to also remember that Rotten Tomatoes is basically good or bad. There's, there's no like gray area in Rotten Tomatoes. So it's like 61% people thought it was good. Fair. That's all that means. The 41 out of 100 on Metacritic. That's not great. It's not great, Bob. I, I could I could see why people wouldn't like it, especially like if it's you know if you're an older watcher who may not you know really know the ins and outs of the internet, or or if you know <laughs> I could see people taking it personally. Yeah. Let's see, Jessica King of Variety gave the film a negative review, saying, "If you are in need of more reminders of the most extreme of the potential evils of internet interaction." Then you get every time you fire up an app, by all means, smash the like button for on Spree. For the rest of us, the best advice might be to mute, block, vote down, unfollow, or simply log off and go look at a tree. Wait, that, so you totally got the message, but you 
are just like the whole point was that it's that everything is toxic and all this stuff. And so you, you totally understood the message, but you're saying you hated the movie because of it. That or that review, that's like people that say, Oh, well, we don't like the Holocaust, so let's not talk about that anymore. Right. It's like you can't just ignore stuff that you, because you don't like it. Because that's how the shit happens again. Right. <laughs> or gets worse. I mean, we'll circle back to the fucking election. That's why this election scares me because I feel like a lot of people have either not learned their lesson or have been emboldened by the last four years. Yeah. Anyway, so spree. Anyway, um, we're not like the you know the, well the moral of the story is kind of kind of show, but the moral of the story here is just remember that anytime you see or hear or talk to another person on the internet. Remember that they are a person. Yeah. Like, like the only time I shit, like I don't start up shit talk. I shit talk people that were shit talking first. And my, my main targets are people that were shit talking people that weren't shit talking. <laughs> like just, they're, they're just being trolls. Yeah. And those are the people that you should go after that, that should be made to like get off the internet. Um, you know, some people thrive on that, that kind of negative attention, oh, yeah. but oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm super into blocking lately report I, and block. I, yeah, I have systematically removed everybody from my Facebook and Instagram. And some of them are f- people I've had, f- uh, that have been friends with f- for years, like a decade or more even. Uh, got rid of them because they posted some kind of like I, other outright support for like you know oh you know all lives matter or blue lives matter this that kind of shit or you know f- for Trump or um not like I said not even outright but just like hinted at it or said this something the fucking rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> like they're gone because I just. I'm at a point in my life where, like, I have enough things to stress out about. Yeah. Um, that I don't need some fucking uneducated asshole that I thought was a friend, but clearly our ideals are polar opposites. Um, you know, saying just stupid, offensive shit on the internet. Right. So be gone. It's so funny <laughs> when I see people talking about how like how Facebook is so much more toxic than Twitter and I'm like maybe you need to cultivate your shit better because my Facebook is only my friends and family and I don't like I don't venture into, you know, news report comments or anything like that. So you know, at Twitter anybody can say anything anywhere. Yeah. But my Facebook is, you know, locked down. Yeah, mine too. Like I I had mine fairly open. Like I I had like a lot of my pictures available for public view. I mean, not not like all of them, but a handful. And you know, people would see like where I worked, like that kind of stuff. Just like stuff that's like when you set your profile to friends only, the stuff that's still public just yeah. by default. But I actually went through and I, I closed all that stuff off too because like I don't need some fucking internet troll knowing where I work or you know what town I live in. Anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, fuck that review. <laughs> that irritates me. 
Not Chinese going to go talk shit on the internet. To this <laughs> no, <person>. it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's how fucking dumb can you be? Like, to, like you said, you, you got the point of the movie, but what you're saying is that don't watch it because you didn't like what it had to show you. That's like saying don't watch a slasher movie because it encourages people to kill people. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But, or, you know, like, you know, don't watch a documentary on, you know, global warming because you don't think global warming's real. It's like, no, watch the fucking documentary because maybe you'll, you'll learn, learn something. something. And it's like, I'm not saying this is an educational film. <laughs> but I'm saying it's a pretty good microscope, well, not microscope, but just like a, a introspective on internet culture and she says that she says that it's like you know you know most extreme of most extreme of potential evils of internet interaction it's like yeah that's that's, that's the, the point, point. <laughs> it's like it's supposed to say hey we should do something about this not fucking ignore it exists because you don't like the message fuck you <laughs> anyway she just just go to her uh review and leave a comment asking her to listen to your soundcloud <laughs> Lincoln Bell, Lincoln Bell. <laughs> he just had a real LinkedIn. <laughs> all right, guys. I think we've talked enough about this. Um, but yeah, Spree, all, uh, available on all VOD formats. Um, yeah, you're going to have to pay for it, though. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So that's going to do it for the episode, guys. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks. And it's that time again, boys and girls. We're going to be kicking off October-rama. Yeah, and uh, if you're new to the show, if you've just joined us in the last nine months, months, or 11, I'm sure 11 months, uh, October-rama is that special time of year during the month of October and the lead up to Halloween. uh, We do weekly episodes. Um, We flip-flop between full-length episodes like this one, and then uh, the following week we do a mini-sode where we just simply just do two reviews every week we have themed episodes um every year we start off with week of the vampire so we'll be doing two uh vampire movies taylor what are we going to be watching we're going to be watching one of guillermo del toro's first movies chronos as well as the 2011 remake of fright night yeah for real <laughs> i would have liked to watch fright night but we already did it we already so. watched Fright Night. <laughs> like ah, oh, yeah like there's a lot of vampire movies out there, but so many of them there's like these super, so bad. <laughs> like they're they're bad, and or they're like these super like high art. Oh like, yeah. Like oh like vampire of the mind type <laughs> shit. It's like fuck you. It's like give me a fucking monster movie, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, check that out in a couple weeks, uh, October seventh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it the 7th or the 8th? It's the 7th. Because okay. if it was the 8th, then we would also have to do the 1st. Right. Which we just missed. Just missed. <laughs> missed it by that much. Okay. Um, so uh, check that out. Taylor? <laughs> check that out in a couple weeks, guys. Uh, until then, Taylor Rope can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as graveplotpodcast or on Twitter as grave underscore plot. graveplotfilmfest.com for all your film fest news. And if you want to contribute monetarily, 
head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, the patrons will get to choose one of the Octoberama themes. So get in on that. Yep. Cool. All right, guys. So until next time, I am Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. I know that you ain't too pretty. God knows how much you suck. It's our strategy that